Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another edition of Slow Your Roll. I am Dominic Lorenzano, alongside writer for the Yaki Way Report, as always, Jesse Caulfield, and regular contributor now, Brian Salem in the house once again, because it's football season. What's up? Week two. It didn't really get any less insane. Week uh, two, I did a little bit. A little bit. I don't know. Week, but week there two, wasn't a tie. Less overtimes. Yeah, but week two was the week of ridiculously blown leads. Yeah, like it was wild in that sense. Yeah, Pat's got a dub. Although the one I called didn't happen. True. I thought I said the Lions were going to blow it, and they didn't. I know. Almost. It's almost. a new day in Detroit. We, um, we almost D- had another one. It's though. a new day in Detroit under Dan Campbell. They're Super Bowl bound. Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> anyway, though, with that, you know, we got plenty to talk about. Mostly just NFL today, though. I, I mean, it really is just almost exclusively NFL, except for your yeah. opening, Jesse yeah. Caulfield. But we'll touch on Cincinnati, yeah. that Super Bowl hangover. Indy getting shut out by the Jags, Lamar contract, plenty of other stuff to talk about. The Saints and the Bucks had a nice brawl between Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans. That was great to watch. But anyway... With that, Jesse Caulfield, I'm going to turn it over to you to get us started with a little Red Sox talk. We haven't talked Sox in like two or three weeks, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The problem is, I'm sure you want me to record this, but my notes are right here. Ah, uh, that's fine. I, have, I was trying to... It doesn't work. There's too much lighting. <laughs> anyway, it's recorded right there. There you go. Anyway. So, I'm the Yaki Report guy. Yes, you so, are. Hey, let's talk some Red Sox, guys. We. <laughs> so... Nobody cares much anymore. Heck, I don't really watch. I watched more football recently than I've watched more baseball. Mm. But there was some big news, and it just it makes me once again facepalm about the Red Sox just not just not making the right decisions. Mm. So Plawecki was DFA'd this was this week. Kevin Plawecki, mm-hmm. the backup catcher. Heck, pushed to the third catcher now. Now that Connor Wong is actually re- maybe becoming a possible MLB player. Mm. Uh, but he was DFA'd. And even before the show, Dom mm. was like, who cares? Mm. He was hitting like, what was he even hitting? Like one something? Something like that. Uh, he was having a terrible season at the plate. Terrible. Not a good defensive catcher. Why do we care? Why do I care? Mm. You should. Here's why. Because, have you seen the response? No. The clubhouse is pissed. Really? The clubhouse is pissed. Why? Because... He's a, he's a catcher. I was a catcher when I played. Mm-hmm. So the catcher is kind of the man. You remember Jason Veritek? Mm-hmm. He's still on the team. He's still the man. He's still in that clubhouse. And he's still a popular man in that clubhouse. Mm. Why does it always seem the catchers are popular guys? Yvonne Rodriguez was a huge popular guy. Every team he went on. Mm. Salvador Perez, one of the more popular guys. Buster Posey. Joe Maurer. All hugely popular guys with their team. Now, all those were studs. Mm. But if you look at some of the other guys, like Jorge Posada was not a good catcher. I don't give a damn what people say. He was not a good catcher. Had some big hits and big moments, mm-hmm. and he caught some big pitchers. Not a good catcher. But he was a huge leader in the clubhouse, a guy that was in there for so many big moments. He had a great relation with all his pitchers. And that was Kevin Pawecki. You know they threw a farewell party for Kevin Pawecki? Have you ever heard of that? No. Never heard of that. No. There was a guy who was who wasn't there mm-hmm. because he didn't see this coming, and uh, his season is pretty much over. Nathan Eovaldi wasn't mm-hmm. there, so we had a quote because I talked to Kevin all the time. We lived together during spring training the last two years. I know his family, his kids, 
extremely difficult. I felt like everything he's done for the organization and the player he is, it's unfortunate to see him go, especially on those terms. It's only three weeks to go in the season. Mm. I haven't talked to Haim or anyone to get the true reasoning behind it. I was disappointed when I heard the news. Three weeks to go in the season. You mean to tell me you couldn't let this guy sit in the clubhouse for three more weeks of losing just to say, oh, we're not going to bring him back the offseason. I guarantee that response wouldn't happen if you let him walk in free agency in the offseason. Heck, offer him a coaching job if he's that popular. Jason Veracek still here as a coach. So, uh, I don't have the exact quote, but he later went on to talk about how he went, talked about Kyle Schwaber and Hunter Renfro and how like those were popular guys in the locker room mm. and how they didn't bring them back and they didn't really understand the moves. We talked about Jackie Bradley Jr. Why did you do that? <laughs> the players themselves were like, why did you do that? Mm. Maybe Jackie Brown is not that popular in the locker room. But Hunter Renfro was. Mm. Kyle Schorber was. And that doesn't surprise me. Do you remember how much like he he really wanted to learn first base? Mm-hmm. He sucked at it. It was terrible. It was pretty fun to watch, though. Do you remember in the playoffs? <laughs> he did that underhand flip. It was an arrow way over. I think it was the Evaldi's head. Yeah. And then he gets a second chance. He nails it. <laughs> and he, he mm. pumps his fist. Yeah. Everyone loved it. Clearly a popular guy. Got to be a popular guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that cart thing they do? Yes. Kevin Ploiecki invented that. Oh, did he? That was Kevin Ploiecki's idea. Mm. Kevin Ploiecki is always the one that pushes that cart, too. Mm. This is a guy beloved in the locker room. Another one, Christian Vasquez. What does he play? Catcher. Catcher. They came out and said, what are you doing? Kevin Ploiecki was a huge guy in the locker room. Mm. Excuse me. Christian Vasquez, huge guy in the locker room, beloved by his pitchers. They don't understand. The Red Sox, clearly I'm getting at the Red Sox, do not understand culture and locker rooms. Mm -hmm. Winning games, if you get the best players, just the best players, all statistics, that's all you care about, and then you get a team of a bunch of good players, but they all love each other, who's going to win? I'm not even going to say the all just stars are all hating each other, but if you look at the NBA, I bet a lot of them would. Mm-hmm. Stars kind of don't like to play with other big stars. <laughs> they like the spotlight. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about catchers. I don't get any of that. Mm. And like, I'm all for Connor Wong getting his chance, mm. but like, you mean to tell me Kevin Pilecki couldn't just sit in the clubhouse? Yeah, he sucks behind the plate. They ran, they run on him all day if a guy's on first base. David Ortiz could steal third on this dude. Mm-hmm. He can't play catcher, but he was great with the pitchers. He had a huge relationship there, mm-hmm. and that brings the locker room together. Mm-hmm. I'm going to change sports for a second. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about my son, Jake DeBrusque. Mm. He asked for a trade last season. I want out of here. He, does, he, re, he rescinded that this offseason. Mm. And he stepped up after the trade requests and one of the biggest reasons he says why and one of all the players say why (laughs) they embraced him Mm. they embraced him in the locker room they said buddy that's fine if you want to leave but while you're here you're a Bruin we're going to we're going to love you like a Bruin and he had one of his best statistical seasons he's had Mm -hmm. he stepped out it's a locker room chemistry the Red Sox have no clue about that this is probably the first time I'm really going to be all about Heim Bloom mm. might not really get it. Mm. Because I've said before, like maybe it's John Henry. I, it's got to be a lot of John Henry saying, don't touch my money. But this is the first time I really think Heim Bloom does not understand building a roster. Mm. So, 
Yeah. Do you do you now understand? Okay, I get where I get where you're going at now because when you're losing anyway in this three weeks less than the season, and by the way, September's forty man roster anyway. Like, what was the point? Yeah, I understand both of your points, but as far as what you said, Jesse, about how it concerns ownership and Henry doesn't want Bloom spending his money, I think for the moment maybe that's the case. And I think, there's, but this Bloom does still on the hook. You're right. I think Bloom does. This ain't, have this ain't a the little, NFL. Little bit of an idea mm-hmm. as to how to build a team, but not in this sort of market, mm. right? And if you look at the 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 four teams that have won a title since '04, what was like the one of, if not the biggest common thread with all those teams, right? You just look in the dugout after a play or in between innings, before a game, after a game, whatever. They were all really fun teams. Absolutely. And it was so Absolutely. easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You did have a Win lot of personalities. You did. Not all were big. But not, it was they weren't so, stars. It was so easy <laughs> to want to invest in those teams, to want to say, yeah. all right, you know what? I am going to try to make the time to... You know, a couple, two, three, maybe four games a week, sit down and watch. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know a guy who definitely comes to mind? Who? Kevin Millar. Oh, yeah. Cowboy he, up, bitches. Is he a good player? He is he average. Is he... He was a below-average first baseman. Oh, definitely. A defensive. A decently offensive guy. Yeah. yeah. But goddamn, I'd tear a man's arm off and beat him half to death with it to buy Kevin but Millar a beer. Every, I went Halloween one year as Kevin Millar. Did you really? I did, because I didn't have any ideas. I had a Sox jersey that had nothing on the back. I'm like, We're, you can't find a Kevin Millar jersey. So we made a fake Kevin Millar jersey. Didn't last the night. But whatever. <laughs> I tried to go as Kevin Malone. Well, that makes sense. There were a lot of nights he didn't really last the whole night. <laughs> That's why we brought in Doug Mankiewicz and why we won the whole World Series. Like, to that whole point, though, like, it's 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 almost mystifying, in a sense, that they would make this move if it's so widely known that Kevin Ploiecki is such a, such yeah. a well-liked guy. And look at them go now. Well, actually, you know, I want to bring uh, something about Mookie Betts in, too. Mm-hmm. Because I was going to bring up, like, they're ruining Xander Bogarts and all that. They're mm. destroying, possibly, mm. signing a contract with Rafi Devers. Mm-hmm. Was Mookie Betts ever a big personality when he was here? Um, I bet he, he was kind of, he had a, he had times where he had big hits and he'd be yelling and running the bases so he had his moments mm-hmm. but, but it was he, never like he was a problem guy that popped off well certainly not but he was also never like the leader in the locker room it was David Ortiz which obviously no one's going to take his spot yeah. um, Xander Bogarts the catchers and stuff like that but Mookie never stepped up he's been in LA for two three years now mm-hmm He's ta- much more talkative. He's much more the leader in the locker. He came into a team that was very much established and established himself as one of the quick leaders in that locker room. Well, he was older by the time he got to L.A. and he had had a ring, so that's why. Right, but a lot sure, of those guys here in Boston, a lot of when those... you start at a company or wherever job or whatever, you know, people see you still as like. I guess from he was where Mookie you Betts started. the superstar going to L.A. as yeah. opposed to Mookie Betts, the unproven rookie when he came here. I'll, yeah, I will give you that, mm-hmm. but I. I do think that has a lot to do with the fact that the Red Sox do not like people yelling and rah rahing anymore. I really and he, uh, I don't have the quote, but uh, Alex Cora was at that farewell party. Mm-hmm. Kind of odd for usually the manager, yeah, to go to things like that. But he wanted to be there, and he he, he talked about how uh, 
players like that are so important to have in a locker room. Mm. To have a couple guys, at least a couple guys like that. You obviously need your guys that are just going to rake. Mm. Those guys that can just pitch mm. their until their arm falls off in the mm. big moments. They don't care. But you need a Plawecki. You need a Plawecki there, cheering on everybody else, mm-hmm. rah rah, getting everyone fired up, saying the right things, lightening the mood in a losing streak. Absolutely, yeah. Saying, you know what, guys, we suck right now, but you just hit a home run, get in, get in the basket, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna wheel you around. Yeah, no, I get you, and I do think it's funny if Core was at that and made those comments. There is probably a rift between Bloom in the office and Alex Cora. There manager. has been rumored of that. And like, that makes sense because Cora was already here when Bloom got here. It's not like Bloom hired Cora. Well, Bloom had to be the guy to rehire Cora. And he probably didn't want okay. to do that. Yeah, but like he kind of had to. Yeah, no, that's he pro- I, I, so, they I had won a lot of games. Alex Cora was extremely popular with the fan base and in the locker room. And in the locker room, so like I don't think Bloom really had a choice. No, I'm sure he had his guy, mm-hmm. and then you know maybe John Henry was like, no, that's the guy. Yeah, yeah. But, hey, that's maybe John Henry making a right decision for once. Yes, um, but yeah, no, that could have been. I'm sure Bloom had his guy, and it wasn't Cora. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's been a long rumored rift between. And like, hey, I'll I'll give them both credit. They handle it pretty well, it seems. Yeah. At least at least in public. Yeah, there's no public bashing, um, which I like. And the Red Let's Sox keep are it not in-house. good at hiding that. No, not usually. Let's keep it in house at least. And they've done a decent job of that. But all right, I see your point a little bit now. I get it. Like, and the whack dog needs to be here for three weeks. You're not going anywhere anyway. <laughs> yeah. Why not have one of the most popular guys in the locker room mm. be there? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, get him some good reps. <laughs> No, you guys even have to see the field again if you don't want. Just, just, just keep them there. It's a forty-man roster at this point, anyway. So well, it's not like it's going to make a difference. The results on the field, whether or not he plays. So you might as well <laughs> no, just no, no. stick Listen, him in. There. No, no, no. We, we have one more series left with New York. We got to sweep them. We need another bullpen arm. Yes, we do. We need another bullpen arm in that bullpen. Well, let's try Plawecki out in the mound. I mean, at this point, who the hell cares? Why not? <laughs> yeah, right? That'd be fun. It would be pretty funny. Christian Vasquez pitched an inning at one point, I think. Yes, he did. So Yeah. All right. I get your point now. Kind of odd. On. Probably didn't need to happen. You're going to suck anyway. You're in last place no matter what. Just keep Plawecki for three weeks. But also, like, with the with the Mookie and the Devers and Kyle Schwarber and Hunter Renfro, like, I mean, they clearly just don't understand. I mean, Bloom comes from the Tampa place in, in Tampa. It's very much like small ball. And not just that, but it's also like all players are replaceable chess pieces. You know, we can move everything around. One guy has one big year for us. Let's move off him now, get somebody else. We can get three people in here to replace one person's production. That's how they think in Tampa. And it works for Tampa. But... Mm, not, when it, not when it comes nut cutting time, it doesn't. Well, no. Well, that's when you well, that's have, why they can't win a When world. you have money, you don't need to play that game. <laughs> no, you don't. And you should care a little bit more about chemistry, locker room, and all that yeah, kind of like stuff you, you when can, it matters. Yeah, you can. Uh, you you have more flexibility with stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, I see. I see your point here. All right. And with that, then we are going to move on real quick to rapid fire news. Pretty much mostly the NFL stuff. Obviously, your New England Patriots took down the Steelers 17-14. Me and both you and you and me both thought they'd be uh, that, that that was an L. But I will yeah. tell you, I did change my tune on Friday or the Thursday. But when I looked at the Vegas when, money, all the no wise guys, hear. all the wise guys were on New England. That was literally one of the biggest bets, yeah. actually, in Vegas. Tom was walking around his apartment by himself. He goes, "You know what? 
<laughs> the Patriots will win that game. Told no one. And then that was it. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to take credit for it. I literally just changed my opinion because I saw what, where the money was going in Vegas. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, I'm not taking credit at all. Okay. Yeah. I will. It's the wise yeah. guys. So it's Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> yeah, Vegas. Vegas knew something. Uh. You know, those people who do nothing but, like, bet NFL for their living? Yeah. That was one of the most popular bets in Vegas. So, yeah, whatever. Anyway, though, week two was, like, the week of blown leads. Uh, the best one being probably the Cleveland Browns not uh, only lost to the New York Jets, they were up 30 to 17 with a minute 35 to go in the game. I saw something about that blown lead after that game the other day. Oh, I got sent the stat about it. Yeah. For the first time since week nine of 2001, a whole 2,229 games. Mm-hmm. went by mm-hmm. a lot of people are in that time period you can legally yeah. drink now oh, just to put thought, it into perspective that's, not that's, what I thought. that's the same stat my brother died. sent me first time in 2,229 games since week 9 of 2001 that a team lost after holding a multi-score lead with what was it? Inside of two minutes, yeah, or, leading, or a minute so and a half to go. And you know what? Games when leading by thirteen points or more in the last two minutes. You know what's funny? Even funnier. The yeah. last team to blow that lead, uh, yep. was the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, in Week Nine against the Chicago Bears in two thousand and one. The more things change, the more they stay. Mm. The I think it's funny. Last week, we're like, oh, are they going to be okay? And the Jets were like, nah. They're yeah, not I know. Be okay. We're all sitting here. <laughs> Home Jets win. Well, you know what? <laughs> I had Chubb and Kareem Hunt on my fantasy team. Green Hunt had an okay day. Chubb went off, so it's all okay. Shut up. The people were talking on Twitter, should Chubb have went out of bounds? Or, like, took a knee yeah. like, with that third touchdown? Yeah. It's like, no, he should have he got that touchdown because any team worth anything would win that game. <laughs> you clearly needed it. Yeah. Well, I guess he could have ran some clock if he stayed there and punched it in at a play later, but... I guess. Used right. a timeout, what have you. Also, Baltimore led 35-14 to 14 over the Miami Dolphins to start the fourth quarter, and they ended up losing that one 42-38 because they let Jalen Waddle go off on them all day long. I mean, Tyreek Hill did, did great things as well, but but well, Waddle, was, Waddle was the guy. They both had over 160 yards, I think. That's so wild. Can we real quick talk about what a huge swing that is for the Patriots in the division oh. now, too? Oh, that sucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That did suck. Oh, two or six touchdown passes. Not only you're one game up, but you have a game in hand Yeah. now to this point. Yeah. Dom, do you think that's the worst quarterback to ever throw six touchdown passes? Yes. Not having a list in front of you? It, probably. If you found out that um, uh, the boat from uh, who, who's on the Jaguars, I can't even remember his name right now. Bortles. Bortles. Blake Bortles. If he if he threw six touchdowns, do you think that would have been better? Is he better? No, no. Two is better than Blake Bortles. Okay. Yeah, no. Two is better than Blake Bortles. Okay. Um, also, Las Vegas up twenty to nothing over the Arizona Cardinals with eight twenty four to go in the third quarter. Ended up blowing that game as well, and then losing in overtime. What a way to lose a game! That really was Hunter Renfro fumbling on back to back plays. <laughs> the last one being the one that actually counted, and then was returned to the house for a touchdown. But uh, Bucks and New Orleans had a tough tight game as they usually do you know Tampa was pretty stagnant on offense for the first like three quarters and uh, ended up pulling it out 20 to 10 but Mike Evans has been given a one game suspension yeah. for his unnecessary roughness uh, 
that started a brawl with the Saints and Marcus Lattimore. He decked Marcus Lattimore. I think this is actually the second time he's earned himself a suspension. For yeah, and yeah. I think yeah. didn't that yeah. have to do with Lattimore too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh okay, no, it's yeah. happened. It's yeah. been lateral. Yeah, well, these, these two teams do not like each other. They really just do not like each other. Did you see like Mike Evans on the field? They showed him talking to the ref. Did you see what he said? No. That's Tom Brady. What do you want me to do? <laughs> Ex- that's exactly what he said. Really? That's Tom Brady. What do you want me to do? You're ah. a bunch of grown men getting paid exorbitant amounts of money to play a game. <laughs> I'm going to go full Herm Edwards right now. You play to win the game. Like... Well, if you protect get, Tom Brady, you're more get, likely to win the game. Exactly, mm-hmm. but leave the protection up to the O-line. However, if Lattimore punched Tom Brady in the face, mm-hmm. he would have had a helmet on, he would have been fine, mm-hmm. and the entire Saints defense would have been kicked out of that game. <laughs> Probably. So we kind of should have let it happen. I would almost pay to see that. Like, just what would happen? Just Tom Tom getting punched in the... We're going to get to that later. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, the Lions, my Detroit Lions, over 30 points again, they beat the Washington Commanders. Your Lions. 36 to 27. You're a Vikings fan now. Oh, yeah, that's true. You're right. You're right. It was your Lions team last year. Yeah, but then I moved to Cincy. But now, now they're actually decent. So you don't—they're not your Lions team anymore for some reason. No, that we're, was an we're easy move. Even though I know how much you love Jared Goff, easy move, Jesse. To Cincy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I drove through there and watched the Reds game, so I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Bengals all the way. Also, the Jacksonville Jaguars shut out the Indianapolis Colts, twenty-four to nothing. Which <sighs> I know Indy historically starts slow, but like you face. Probably what's considered the two worst teams in your division, and you don't have a win yet. Okay, did you, the, you got a tie and a loss? Did the Colts, the Jaguars, or Matt Ryan beat Matt Ryan yesterday? Well, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan might suck. Yo, we got to. I, we're we're going to get to that. Matt Ryan, uh, the cliff might have come for Matt Ryan. That was like a historically <laughs> bad game of quarterbacking. Yeah, the, the, um, the, San Francisco wow. was able to rebound and beat the Seahawks. Shocker. Why, why though? Shocker. Geno Smith, by the way, is not that good. He doesn't, you know, he'll never go 17 of 17 again on or 17 of 18, whatever it was, in that Monday night game against Denver. Taking down the Seahawks 27 to 7. Uh, and the other news for it, Trey Lance has a broken ankle and is done for the season. That brings up a whole host of other problems for San Francisco. In the short term, the Niners are a better football team actually today, though, than they were when Lance was under quarterback. Maybe he should have stopped going to the strip clubs. Oh, yes, I know. I, 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 I almost put that in as its own segment for the show today, but I was like, hey, he's done for the season now anyway, so who cares? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I John hope, Lynch. I hope, he, I hope he does it again. I want to see him in a cast making it rain on some strippers. <laughs> Maybe John Lynch. I lost my starting job! <laughs> don't, don't cancel any more policies with the Garoppolo Insurance Agency. <laughs> I know, right? So those are some of the big games of the week. Also, uh, the Chiefs on Thursday night in a wildly talented, uh, wildly exciting game. Uh, were able to take down the Chargers 27-24. to 24. It's funny when you looked at the box score of that game because the Chargers outplayed them in like almost every single way and lost because that's what the Chargers do. <laughs> I was going to say, like, that sounds like the Chargers. Yeah, and I still don't like Brandon Staley. I still think their offense looks really, really remedial. You know what? I'm kind of feeling like Brandon Staley is literally the perfect Charger head coach. Because he just does what the Chargers have always done. Uh-huh, I got you. Um, and the other news, Roger Federer has 
come out and said that he is retiring. I believe what this is his last. This is his last tournament, right? Yeah, and that'll be it for him. So, yeah, yeah. Farewell to Roger Federer. Oh, brilliant career, Rod. It's my favorite tennis player. And with that, we will get to the Patriots. It was all doom and gloom last week. People are a lot more happy this week after they beat the Steelers 17-14. I don't think they should be that happy about it, but hey. It was okay. Whatever. Guys, I'm going to let you guys get started on this. What was your takeaways after watching the Sunday game against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Mm. Well, I, I said last week, and it's continued this week, I have been very pleasantly... I'll start with the good news. Surprise with the run game. Mm. It's been okay. Damien Harris has had room to run. He put up 71 yards mm-hmm. and a touchdown this week. Uh, the offensive line might not be as terrible as we thought, mm. but it's still... Uh, honestly, you said it last week, Mac Jones has no zip on the ball. Mm-hmm. Was Mac Jones almost your worst offensive player in this game? He didn't at, look good. At times, he definitely was. Absolutely not. Isaiah Wynn. Mm, yeah. All right, sure. Yeah. But he's always in If we did, he, Jesse, he was so bad. Okay, do you guys ever listen to Felger and Maz on Tuesdays? They have yeah, Greg do. Bedard in. Yeah. He does a three-up, three-down segment. Yeah. Isaiah Wynn would be all three downs. Yeah. He was so bad. Yeah, he was bad. There is a reason I put in my notes that he's... He's either an illegal hands, false start, uh, uh, or a holding penalty, or a season-ending injury to Mac Jones waiting to happen. He was an absolute turnstile mm. in this game. Mm. Yes, but atrocious. At, but at times, Mac Jones just had me <laughs> just screaming at my TV. <laughs> a lot of that's on the offensive line. Sure, sure. Mm. Yes, better protection gives him more time, stuff like that. Uh, makes you just feel better in the pocket, mm. but. Mac Jones's arm, I know, is starting to really bug me. Yeah, and you know, I've watched Lamar and stuff like that. Like, there's only so much you can do for arm strength. If this was an accuracy problem, if he had the Josh Allen or yeah, Josh Allen syndrome of just throwing it sometimes, (laughs) all right, whatever, we'll 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 rein that in. Calm down. (laughs) But he's got a problem getting it there. Sometimes he knows he's got a problem getting it there, they, so he throws it too high. They take a long time. Hey, listen, yeah. I was never, I was never in on the Mac Jones draft pick. I was never my thing. I, I said before, I, I don't like it. I wasn't either. But then last season, I liked his maturity. I liked his ability to control an offense, and I know a lot of that came from him coming from Alabama and Nick Saban and all that stuff, playing almost NFL style in college. He was the most ready to go right off the bat, but I was like, yo, the ceiling here is so low. That like, here's the thing. It, Brady mm. loves to go deep. Brady mm. loves to go deep. That was never the Patriots' style of offense. Yeah, but he had the arm. He did, <laughs> but he didn't really have to use it a lot. Mm-hmm. So he he wanted to. He really wanted to. Mm-hmm. But he didn't have to. He never really had to. Like that was Tom Brady. He always got made fun of. Like oh, it's just slants and in cuts and mm-hmm. checkdowns and little tosses, screens to your back. That's <laughs> the system. And but like. Mac Jones' arm can do that. Yeah. Uh, it's just he lo- he also has that, damn, I want to go deep. <laughs> Thir- third and four, sounds like it's time to go deep. He thinks he's still at Alabama throwing the ball to, you know, Judy yeah. and Jameson Williams and, and whoever else he had when he was there. 
And clearly Miami knew something about Devontae Parker. One catch, nine yards in two games. Yeah, I was going to say. I saw a stat. Nikhil Harry had a much better first two games with the Patriots. Yeah, I, I was just about to say, Devontae Parker has been a complete no-show so far. Bad effort. Again, granted, bad read by Jones trying to squeeze that ball in there. Mm. No effort by Parker. Can we also just say, I think Mika Fitzpatrick's the best safety in football right now. No yeah, doubt. Probably. He is damn good. Yeah. I mean, it's him and who else? Derwin, I mean, Derwin, Derwin James. James when he's healthy. Yeah. But he's never healthy. Um, that tackle he made on Kelsey. Oh, Woo! my gosh. He stone cold popped Kelsey. That is a man <laughs> right there. I know. And Kelsey's not that Kelsey's not that small. No. <laughs> it's, it's not it's not a a skinny 185-pound wideout. No. no, Kelsey's a big boy. Anyway, though, um with the Mac stuff. I mean, I always thought he had a low ceiling to start with. Now you're going to put him here. If you surrounded him much like Miami has now done with Tua, if you surround him with elite weapons, he throws the ball accurately enough, he can run the offense and and you he will work. But he needs high-end talent around him. And New England has never shown the ability to get high-end talent around a quarterback, especially from the perimeter side. At least not as far as drafting goes. No, at least not as far as drafting goes. Uh, They've had – they drafted some tight ends. They did. Gronk and – They did. Aaron Hernandez. will not be named. Aaron Hernandez? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Who was the the last really, like, good, solid stud tight end the Pats drafted since those two? Ben Coates? I can't even remember that guy's tight ends they've drafted. No, they haven't done anything. They, they haven't drafted anyone meaningful. But I know they've drafted some and none of work. Yes. Now, but. now, this is all just speculation, but they did take, they might have taken a big hit with Tyquan Thornton going down because all I heard at oh, the camp heard he was, was, he was the man in camp, was that Tyquan Thornton was like ready to go, the deep threat. Oh my gosh. The Pats finally at least got something that they needed. But I, I was at the Pats Panthers. Preseason game, that kid looks like he gets it. Who, Taekwon? Yes. We were supposed to yeah. go to the camp, but we didn't want to get up. No, I know. <laughs> um, so I, I, I'll give them that, that they, they they whiffed on that. But to me, it's like Mac can run the offense. He can deliver the ball accurately. He's not going to do anything too dramatically stupid. I think he could. He's not. He didn't, he didn't have a good day of accuracy with the Steelers, but like he could if you're right. He could But he's not getting time. The, he could calm down in the pocket. Yeah, yeah he, he had no time. Um, but I just think that Joe Judge and Matt Patricia here are going to take mm. the kid backwards. And I think they're starting to a little bit. Who who said something like that in this chair last week? Yeah, you did. Yeah. I think Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are, are unraveling all the good work that Matt did last year. And I, I don't think it's going to get better. It's so bad. To the offensive line stuff, I will say this. Isaiah Wynn has been a problem for a while now. He's been the Nikhil Harry of this offensive line. <laughs> but in general, when it comes to O-line play, across the league right now, it's pretty abysmal. Yeah. And one of the biggest reasons for that is the new rules and the CBA and all that means that these guys aren't practicing with pads on anymore. They're not even practicing as much, not even as physically, and no one wants to play starters in the preseason. There was a lot of offensive line jumbling. Yes. A lot of players switching teams, too. That, too. But also, I think the biggest thing is no preseason, no pads half the time in practice. Offensive line is something that takes a long time to get going. So everyone, what I mean. This so is a everyone, perfect storm. Of- and, and we'll talk about this later with, with Cincy especially. But I do think you need to give a lot of these teams, if you're worried about the O-line, 
you probably need to give them another three or four weeks before we want to hit complete panic button. I do think there's a couple you could, specifically the Rams one, because it's not an entire O-line issue. It's just the left tackle position, which Whitworth retired. So that one I, I feel a little bit more panic on for one fan base. But in general, if your whole O-line isn't doing great right now, well, join the club. Because most of the league's old lines are not doing great right now. And a lot of it is because they don't want to play starters in preseason. And offensive line is a very nuanced sort of takes a lot of time to get get together. You need the reps with all, you know, all of each other. Because everyone needs to be working in unison. So the Pats old line situation might get better. Just like a lot of teams in the NFL might get better within the next two or three weeks. I mean, I think they took a step, decent step forward yesterday. Yeah. I mean, who's the uh, the other guard mm. they had in yesterday? Cole Strange. Yeah. And who else? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember the other one. Oh, uh, what the hell's his name? I mean, listen, on the run blocking stuff, they're doing fine. It's the pass protection so far that's been the issue. Yeah. Yeah. For Cole Strange to line up against Cam Hayward, though. Oh no, no I've I've liked Cole Strange the day so that far. He did. Yeah. I mean, I like the Bill, guard. Bill play. Bill might have Bill might have hit on that. Uh, the word is he might have could have still waited on it, but he, he hit on it. I yes, I still wish he he should have been able to wait on it, but hey, at least it's working out so far. <laughs> well, he had a he had a, he had the Taekwon Thornton plan. Yes, for round two. Yeah, that's true. And then and then he broke his collarbone. <sighs> is he going to be back with what? Like another four weeks? Week? I think they said six to eight weeks. Okay, that's. A, that's- that's what I heard. Okay, so like... So Honestly, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it takes him a little bit longer than that to get back either. He is such a, like, dainty little dude. Oh, I know, he's small. Wow. He's, not, he's not a big dude at all. He's, five more weeks. Let's say five more he weeks. He reminds me of Cooks. What do you mean? Oh, oh, Braden? Braden Cooks, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I get what you mean. Braden Cooks was a little thicker, though. Yeah. Well, Taekwon, well Taekwon is, you know, 20 years old. Sure. <laughs> like, there is that. I guess. Yeah. But... So, I, I think the online stuff has a chance to get significantly better. What do we think of the defense so far? Now, can I just say that Miami doing what they did to Baltimore Makes does sense. make me feel even better about the Pats' performance defensively last week, considering I was pretty impressed with what New England did defensively, other than the gaffe at the end of the first half with getting letting yeah. Jalen Waddle get yeah. loose. But uh, I mean, and this is but at the same time. This is also Mitch Trubisky. I know, I know. So, it's it's. There are things to like. There are things that still have a lot of questions to be answered. But I I think it's good. Good. I think it's a good defense. <laughs> I was just gonna mention that Jesse about Mitch Trubisky. Like, yeah, it is Trubisky that you faced yesterday, but he does still have some decent weapons there, and you are still starting uh, Mills, John Jones, and Miles Bryant. So, mm. like. I think they were lucky to get out of there on mm. defense the way that they did. I mean, I think, like, zone schemes, certain man schemes, like, you let certain guys get way, way too wide open. I mean, there were a couple of plays that Pickens had and a couple that I think Claypool had. I mean, there was a couple like, where no one was right going by the side on the backfield. Exactly, and there's, no, there, there's just not even a white jersey within five yards of a guy. But I, I was actually pleasantly surprised at how good a job the defensive backfield did of forcing Trubisky to actually go through all of his reads. Mm -hmm. But that comes with another question. Mm. Is that just because the offensive lines are behind the defensive lines in terms of progressing into being 
yeah. ready for the season. Well, it could be, but if if you look at it from the standpoint, right, of the defensive backs are forcing Trubisky to go through all of his reads, so that tells me two things. One, the defensive backs have just decent enough coverage on all the guys that he might want to throw to, but if Trubisky hasn't, if the, if the defense is forcing him to to try to progress through all of his reads, and he's able to actually do so, he must be getting s- sufficient enough protection from his line. Mm-hmm. Sure. If he can go through. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. No, I get. I get you. I get you. Um, you know, they definitely did a good job of that. Uh, the big thing is. Not a lot of yards after catch. I thought they did a great job of largely stopping a lot of stuff. I mean, that's what Pittsburgh really needs. Um, you got some explosive guys there on the outside, particularly Claypool and Johnson. I thought they did a good job with Deontay um, for the most part. I know you don't like Mills and all them, and like I'm not saying they're number one corners, but collectively together, I feel pretty confident that they're doing a pretty, pretty good job. And I know they, you know, the Miami game, you weren't happy with, but you could make the argument, I don't even think you could make the argument, I think it's kind of obvious actually Miami has the best perimeter weapons in the NFL right probably. now. Yeah. So I mean, they're just you so went up fast. Against, you went up against probably the best two wide receivers that you might see all season long. Now you, you'll see Devontae or something, but it's just one. You had Waddle and Tyreek in that kid. All right. Yeah, but it's a good slot guy. So you slot guy, but I'm, it's not the same. Sure. Yeah. I mean, at his core, yeah, Jalen Mills is a slot corner. He is. He is. But I think they're doing a nice job. Whatever, whatever Bill's doing back there, I, I like with Mills the scheme wise, this year. they're getting yeah. the best out of all of them. Right. That's now. why there's 20 million friggin' safeties on this team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bill loves his uh, hybrid safety corner guys. Mm-hmm. For better or worse, mm. and how do you think? Do you think they held up pretty good uh, yesterday in the run game against Najee Harris and Ward? Yeah, but you're not the biggest fan of Najee Harris anyway. Who? I mean, you're not, right? No, I, I, I think he's fine. I think the Steelers' O line's not that good. Oh, okay, that's Dan who usually says that. Okay, but I think it's more a Steeler O line issue than it is a Najee okay. Harris issue. Yeah, no, I like them. I certainly like them stopping Najee running. Mm-hmm. Then I like them covering him. Yeah, honestly, the best coverage they had on him was when Judon ran with him mm. uh, one time. Okay, but no, I would not like that all day. No, I'm I like, get you. I get you on that. All right, any final closing thoughts here on the Pats and Steelers game? Where the hell were the tight ends yesterday? We don't have any. We haven't had any for. We like have Hunter Henry. Henry. He doesn't <laughs> suck. He doesn't nine, completely. He is a year older. Though. Nine nine touchdowns. He, he, I don't. I year? don't see him doing nine touchdowns again. He's, I don't see him doing nine touchdowns either. I don't see Jonu Smith catching more than thirty or forty balls this year. This you need to figure out how to get production out of those guys, especially team? especially right when statistically both of them two years ago were the two best tight ends in the league, mm. right? Yeah. John U. Smith is not giving you $50 million worth of production. No. You need to figure out a way to get him in. Like, you got to get that guy going. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, I mean. And the other problem with him is, and I found that this was a problem even last year, right? Like, sir. So we'll bring it back to the Sony Michelle years, right? Mm-hmm. If Michelle was on the field, the defense knew he was getting the ball, right? Mm. Same thing, I think, goes for John U. Smith. He is so anemic to this offense right now 
where they're really only going to put them on the field if they can be a thousand percent certain, okay, we can scheme this open for you. Well, mm. Honestly. So opposing defenses and opposing defensive coordinators are going to look at that on film and go, okay, when 81 checks in, mm-hmm. that's where it's going. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. When he was with the Titans, I think he had a lot better production because, I mean, he is a good, uh, he can be a good blocking tight end. I think you know, Bill loves those. Um, but he had um, Derek Henry mm-hmm. running the ball back there, and people are going to very much pay attention to him when he's on the field, and that allowed the Titans to probably disguise a lot of things that could get and, the ball to and, John Jonas And just man. play action. Yeah. So John who could fake the blocking and then just no, try to get out of the flat. Yeah. And then now he's, now he's open. Patriots, <laughs> although I'd, maybe even still a decent running team, and <laughs> Damian Harris is a good back. It's not the same. But it's not... It's Derek not, Henry. It's not. It's not the same. In no way, shape, or form would I even try to draw a parallel or compare those two. No, but I'm saying that's why John no. Smith had the production he had in Tennessee. In Tennessee, and it's not. It's just not working it's out. Not, here. It's not going to translate here. Yeah, I, I, I get, think that's where he would have. It, it might just be that's where that's the place where he was going to work the best. I think Hunter Henry that week uh, last week was just just a one off. Pittsburgh's defense, even without Watt, is really, really good. No, they're, they're still very have, talented. They have good linebackers yes. in the center. They have good safeties in the back end. Um, I think sometimes maybe actually at the strictly corners, they're not the best. But when it comes to the people that they can throw at and cover a tight end, they have it in the linebacker no, and yeah, in the I safety like position. The field. So I think that was kind of a one-off. I wouldn't be too concerned about that. I think Henry will continue to still see his good amount of targets. I would guess... Anywhere from seven to nine a game, decent amount of touchdowns. I don't know about a whole nine again, but something like that. In general, I was because my bar is so low. I was pleasantly surprised with New England's offense, but my bar was also really, really low. I mean, like I, I thought, 10, 10 points might win this game. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Still, we've only scored 24 points yeah. total on the season. And that's how it's going to be all season long. And, you know, my, my general predictions for the bats still have not changed. And I still think that Judge and Patricia are taking this team backwards. But, you know what? When we got a chance against a team that we probably should win, we got the W. And you know what? That's good. But Pittsburgh also, it's time. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. <laughs> Kenny Pickett, come on. Mm. You got past the Belichick game. You don't want to throw the rookie to that. I think Kenny should be starting week three. Mm. But maybe I'm wrong. All right. Any last any last thoughts? Oh, what's, the, what's the next week prediction? Oh. Loss. Yeah, I mean, who are they playing? Baltimore. Yeah. The, not not only that. Not That's the other thing that I wanted to mention about this game against Miami. Not only is it bad this week. As far as the division standings go, right? Now, you're facing a team that, had they won, they probably would have gone throughout the whole week going, Jesus Christ, we really escaped that one. Mm-hmm. And then... Oh, they should have mi- them out. And then maybe they get to Foxborough and go, oh, well, all right, look what Miami did to them in week one. Look what we just did to Miami. This should be a cakewalk. You come in and maybe underestimate that game. Maybe mm-hmm. week three turns into a trap game for Baltimore. Mm. Now, yeah, they are going to be foaming at the mouth. Yeah, for a win. Yeah, no, I I, I do see you there. Mac Jones that. is going to leave Foxborough in a body bag on Sunday. <laughs> but also, I mean, Lamar bet on himself. Yes, he did. Oh man, is it working out? So far, he always does this in the beginning of the year, though. I I suppose, but. 
it seems when people bet on themselves that it either goes really good or really bad. And so far, it's going really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, but I mean, I come on. They're taking an L next week to Baltimore. I, I, come on. Two straight losses. Yeah. I say. Hmm. Two straight. Baltimore just blew that game. Really you got to go to Green Bay in week four. Oh yeah, that's true. That too. Though I know Green Bay beat Chicago, but like they still don't look good. Yeah, well, and yeah, you've got to find that one. Because Lazard ain't Lazard ain't it. You know who was it in the passing game? Aaron Jones, his running back. Yeah, that was that was it. Yeah, in the passing game. Your boy. No, that it is. Hey, why my boy? He's on his fantasy team. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. All right. So anyway, with that, though, we are going to take a quick break before we come back. Jesse has some thoughts on the New York Giants and Brian Dable. We're going to have some other football yeah. talk as well. Stick with us, guys. All right, we are back. We're going to talk the Giants. Mm-hmm. We don't really talk the Giants, but we're going to talk uh, kind of two people on the Giants. Mm-hmm. Ryan Dable and the quarterback, Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. Danny. So, I mean, there was yeah, there's always questions when you get a new coach. And we even raised some questions, I think it was even last week, mm-hmm. about could Brian, could Brian Dable have maybe been the problem with game management? Managing the offense in like two minute drills and stuff like that, <laughs> but uh, more and more, Brian Dable might be just that dude. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be one of establishing himself as a top ten, top five coach in the league mm-hmm. because this is a terrible, a god awful, one of the worst teams I've seen in football mm-hmm. last season. Two and zero. Two and zero. And, like, obviously, that's all Brian Dable. But therein lies a problem. Yes. Are you ahead of yourselves? There was questions about should you just place the quarterback, just suck the Sierra, get a new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he just said, no, oh, we're, we're, we're going with Danny. Mm-hmm. They seem to have a loyalty thing there. Mm-hmm. And the Giants have kind of – I've gotten that vibe from the Giants for a long time. Mm-hmm. They, uh, their ownership is uh, – I mean, no one's complained about them. Good family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and therein lies the problem. Yes. Loyalty. Mm-hmm. Danny Dimes kind of still sucks. Yet they're 2-0 anyway. It was Barkley week one. It was Barkley week one. Mm-hmm. I mean, his QBR this season is 37. <laughs> 37. Mm. He's 26th in the league. Okay. I'm surprised it's actually people below him. I know. Um, but he's 26th in the league. Three touchdowns, only one interception. Clearly, they don't want the ball in his hands. Brian Dable doesn't want the ball in his hands, but they're winning anyway. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it on Twitter. Danny Dimes is back. Is he? 
What are you watching? Now, maybe these are just excited Giants fans that they're winning games. Maybe it's a joke, and I don't get it. Mm-hmm. It's, hard, it's, it's hard to know what is serious and what is satire on Twitter nowadays. It really is. But this could run lie the prop. What if they have loyalty to Danny, Daniel Jones? What if they keep him? You're mm. not going to win anything with him. Are you going to win the Super Bowl with Daniel Jones? I don't. Uh, if every other player on that team is great, are you winning with him? No. I don't think so. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You're not winning with him. But what are you going to keep? Are you going to keep him now? Are you going to keep him now? Maybe Brian Dable is sitting there being like, "Well, we got to get rid of this guy after the season." It's not his call, is it? No, it's the front office. It's not his call. So what Dable will be a victim of his own success because if he, he gets could, enough wins that it gets enough production out of Daniel Jones, he might one, they won't have a great draft pick, as good as they could have had. And two, ownership might be like, Well, Eli Manning liked him, the Mannings liked him, he looks good now. We got rid of Joe Judge. Danny's exactly. the guy. Exactly. <laughs> yup. And to be honest, they might even should move on from Saquon Barkley too. But yeah. I guess if he's healthy all this season, I could see keeping him because, damn, he's productive. Mm-hmm. But the Giants might be too good too soon. Uh. I just want to want to bring that up and put that out there. Because Brian Dable's a great coach. Maybe too good for mm. this bad team. Yeah. I, I could see why that could happen. But now with Gettleman not being the GM anymore. True. And this GM not have, having drafted Daniel Jones and having picked Dable. I think that the Giants will avoid that disaster. I think Dable will sit down with the GM who hired him and didn't draft that quarterback. That GM doesn't have any loyalty to Daniel Jones. And I think Dable will tell him, listen, I polished a turd. (laughs) I had a bunch of crap. I polished it up. I took advantage of a weak NFC and won some games we probably shouldn't have. But we need to find another guy. We need to find the guy. Because I can only polish this up for so long. I mean, sure. just to play devil's advocate, how certain can we actually be, right, that Dayball's not going to be able to turn Jones into anything that's even slightly respectable? Well, I, sl- I think, even well, no, I think he will turn him into something respectable. I mean, look what he did with Josh Allen. He'll be a really and nice... I'm not, and I'm not comparing He'll be those a two. really nice backup quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But... It's better than I'm, anything Joe Judge is going to do. Well, exactly. But but the problem is, as he's saying, is that if all of a sudden they go from being as awful as they were last year to winning seven or eight games this year, Bro. and Daniel Jones is completing 60% of his passes... What if... <laughs> what if the Eagles lose tonight? Yeah. You're leading the NFC uh, East. Yeah. And if you the, ride that wave and you win that, <laughs> man. Here's the thing. Let's say Brian, Brian Dable has that conversation. Mm-hmm. And the GM's even like, yeah, you're right. What if the Giants fans scream, bring this guy back. Daniel Jones is our guy. He's the Eli Manning. We won with Eli Manning. We can win with this pasty white uh, guy. <laughs> To stop myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quit tailgating me, you pasty tea bag. <laughs> uh, I get you, but I, I just don't think that'll happen. I think the fans mm-hmm. have seen enough of Jones to kind of get it. Like I said, the GM has no loyalty to Daniel. He has more loyalty to Dable. I just don't see it. Okay. And I don't think at the end of the day, Dable is amazing and all that kind of stuff. I still think at best they win seven or eight. Okay. At best. What do we think the team... Like not, 
not the brass, right? The guys in the front office. Not <laughs> even, not to take ownership, management, and the coaches out of it. I don't like this team. What are the what's the rest of the locker room? Like truly, actually think of Daniel Jones. Ah, I'm sure they. I'm sure they don't think much of him. I've never heard him. I've, I've never heard a problem about him. No, but but yeah. I've never heard a ton of loyalty either. But, never, oh man, he, we just love him because I got guys. I got it right here, just for the hell of it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to look this up, and it's sort of a correlation to how I perceive Brian Dayball's first couple of post games mm-hmm. with Big Blue. He seems like sort of a rah rah rah. Mm-hmm. Kind of guy. Oh, he definitely like, is. Like a way more dumbed down sort of rah 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 that Dan Campbell likes to do. Mm-hmm. The New York Giants have the eighth youngest roster in the league, 25.7 mm. years old. Mm. That sort of style, I bet, resonates with these guys a lot more than it does a more veteran team. Yeah. Well, they've been on a losing team for a while. Mm-hmm. So to have a guy come in, hype them up, tell them that they can win some games, and be and like, hey, Win some in games, here. have some energy, because Joe Judge had no. Oh, idea. they're gonna love it. They're yeah. all gonna love it. Mm-hmm. And like to bring about, like, oh, do I think Daniel Jones is a problem? No, not at all. He never has been. I don't think. I'm sure people, players like him. But when you've run, no, nothing but losing. Saquon Barkley's done nothing but losing since he got to the NFL. Uh, Kenny Galladay, who like has caught like three passes this entire season, mm-hmm. came from the Lions. So any big name on this team, even weren't winning before anyway. Mm-hmm. So none of these people have known to winning. Mm-hmm. So they're going to love Daniel Jones because he doesn't start a problem. If you then bring in a guy who's better than him and will win games on his own, mm-hmm. they'll forget about that nice man Daniel Jones pretty quick. Yeah, they will. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there'll be any type of issue. I've never heard a ton of great stories of massive loyalty behind Daniel Jones and how yeah. beloved he is. I've never heard anything negative either, but nothing, yeah. nothing big. So... Yeah, I think we can move on. So the next one. Now, unfortunately, Monday Night Football happens after we do these games. But Denver wasn't sensational in week two either, though they came out with a win. And I want to talk about Nathaniel Hackett. So, week one, it was a disaster. Lost to the Seahawks. Yeah, I told you Carol was going to scheme it up. That fourth (laughs) quarter was brutal. And whatever that drive was, I mean, clock management, decision-making by Hackett, awful. I want to give Hackett at least credit for at least coming out and saying, if I did it again, I probably would have gone for it. Because, I, uh, no, I like that. And you're like, listen, it was my first game. Uh, decisions, they happen fast. If I'm faced in this situation again, I will make a better decision. But that doesn't come away from the fact that week two, you still look bad. There was a fourth and 15. They didn't have a punt returner on the field. What the hell's up with that? Um, <laughs> and Hackett came from Green Bay. Matt LaFleur calls the pace in Green Bay. Matt LaFleur is an offensive coach from the same system. How much did Nathaniel Hackett actually even do at Green Bay? I don't know. Then throw in the fact that Russell Wilson was not the quarterback here at Denver when Hackett was hired. How elite of a job was Denver? Because... For all you know as a coach, you were coming into a roster that had Drew Locke at quarterback and had been that for a while and wasn't going to have a top pick or a ton of extra picks or anything like that to do a massive rebuild. So how attractive was this job in Denver? So when you throw that together, was Hackett really an elite candidate at all or was he a mid-level one? Now I want to throw in the other piece too, which is 
when these quarterbacks, they get these offensive coaches, especially when they've been around a bunch of defense or non-crap and all that kind of stuff, all you hear about for the whole offseason is this love affair. My goodness. It's, it's just, you know, it's a romance novel all the time. Matt Stafford and Sean McVay, all we heard throughout the season before the season kicked off was they share a brain they're amazing <laughs> together they love each other Jared Goff the same thing you heard a ton of that they finish originally. each other's sentences they finish each other's sentences you finish um, Jared Goff that first season when he went from Fisher to McVay you heard a ton of stuff about how, how much they had a love affair uh, Kirk Cousins and O'Connell coming into the season there was a lot of that for people who looked into it there was a ton of stuff about how much they were getting along I don't remember hearing anything about Hackett and Wilson. I remember hearing Wilson happy about Denver and getting to Denver, but I never heard anything specifically about Wilson and Hackett. Now throw in the last piece. Initially at the post-game presser, Wilson didn't say anything that caused waves, really. But later on, Russell said that they had a play ready to go on the fourth and five. Russell has been in this league a long time. He should know better than that. I think Mm. Russell saw Hackett taking the heat and decided to pile on a little bit. I don't know if Russell Wilson is into Nathaniel Hackett. I don't think so. And I know all these guys care about money, but if there was ever a guy who was going to take less money, it seemed like it would have been Russell because Russell wanted to talk about legacy. Russell was talking about how, you know, there was stories that he was seething at that Super Bowl watching what Brady had gotten with the Bucks. So if there was ever a guy who I thought was going to take less money, it would have been Russell. But that contract then happens. Did Russell take the money because he knew something already? Just I, It's just a thought out here. And by the way, it doesn't take... You should give coaches time. No one's saying Hackett should be fired right now. But I can you can tell quickly the difference between untalented and badly coached. Mm. They don't look well coached. They didn't look co- well coached in week one. And they didn't look well coached in week two either. Multiple delay of game penalties, not getting plays in. Whatever the nonchalant list was on the fourth down... You get saved all your timeouts, basically, so you can take your timeouts to watch the other team take a knee. Let's take a 64-yard field goal when we just paid our quarterback 200 million dollars. So, when we only need to get five yards, when we only need to get five yards. So, I, I can spot untalented. They don't look untalented but they look disorganized and not well coached. And I think Wilson making those comments is interesting too because Russ is usually a fall on the sword guy. I don't know if Russell Wilson is into Nathaniel Hackett either. So Mm. guys, I I, listen, I have no sources, anything yet. It's too young in the season. It's just a hunch. I mean, just looking at like the coaching, just if you're looking at outside, looking at the coaching, it's like, all right, you blundered that. And here's the thing. You say you like Oh, I yes, I blundered that. I do, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I like the humility. That's always good. People like this. But to say, like, like yeah, a five-year-old knew what to do there, and I messed it up. But, like, <laughs> I won't next time. Like, I don't know. Just the way he said it and the way he came across I, was I just guess, so... But you, but you don't think when Mike McCarthy tried to sit there and defend the quarterback draw... You don't think that was even more worrisome? Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. He doesn't know he messed up. They might do this stupid Mm -hmm. stuff again. Here's the thing. 
would Bill not defend it if he did it? Uh, I mean, Bill admitted that he was wrong for having Gronk on the field for that last play in Miami. Hmm. Never admitted to being wrong about never playing Malcolm Butler in that Super Bowl. No, he did not. But Malcolm Butler's at least his stats for the playoffs were awful. Uh, I still, I still to this day, like you mean to tell me Malcolm Butler couldn't? Listen, when things were going, made... when things were going south, like he probably should have just thrown him back on the field. Just anyway, to make anything happen. The point but... I'm making is like, I don't see hum- humility is not synonymous with good coaching. No, so. Uh, but I would rather know that you messed up and think that at least you won't make that mistake again. Whereas the Mike McCarthy route, where he was just like, "That's totally justifiable that I run a quarterback draw with 15 seconds left and I don't have a timeout." <laughs> like, but that is like, yo, I don't know if he's ever gonna get the get the clock stuff right. But like, and he hasn't still. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that seems to be there's literally like two people. Who are the two best clock managers in the entire NFL? Bill, Tom Brady. Yeah. That's kind of it. And I do actually expect more out of Russell Wilson, so that's an interesting point you raise. Like, was he purposely just running down those 30 seconds to waste a timeout? Mm -hmm. I do expect more out of Russell Wilson with that, but that's that's a little too tinfoil hat for me. Yeah, I got you. Um, No, I wasn't going that Russell was doing that part on purpose. I'm talking about Russell's comments later okay, though, no, to say all that. Right, I'll, maybe Russell doesn't like him, and he might, I'd say there's probably even weight to that. I just, I don't know if he purposely is throwing games, messing no, up. No, 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 okay. no, I don't think he's doing that. Okay, okay. That was Hackett's decision, and I think Russell just, Russell okay. should, Russell should have, I do expect better. Russell should have done it on his own, but I think Hackett's plan was, is that he wanted that last drive to decide the game, and he didn't want them getting the ball back. Okay. Okay. But, Which is fine, but do it right. But yeah. but don't kick a sixty-four well, yard field goal. D- did you did you watch that? Cl- I don't watch the Manning cast, but did you watch that clip? Oh, yeah, Peyton, just, uh, we I, we had talk about this. I, I talk about this. <laughs> yeah. This, the, the nicest way possible to be like, what the heck's going on? Yeah. What's going well, then, on? And then, yeah. Then, and, then, and then Hackett they... should have taken a timeout because at least at least he could have gotten Russell together and have his coaches in his ear, and they could have been like, hey. Nathaniel. Here's are the stats from trying a 64-yard field goal. But every coach and Russell can't can run. Be, and Russell can be like, listen, they just paid me how much money? If I don't get this fourth down, I'm going to take the heat. You're not going to take the heat as much. And yeah. the stats for getting a 64-yard field goal outdoors. Like, sure, yeah. The, I mean, the, it doesn't happen, really. Yeah, but they're... I think every coach kind of sucks with clock management now. They, they do kind of, but like last year's playoffs was some of the worst clock. Oh, management I put that on Facebook from right? everybody. No, it was. It was horrible situational football around the league. But I think Hackett was still some of the worst I'd ever seen. Oh no, yeah, sure. And yes. that decision making was awful. No, I mean when you got just Peyton Manning, hey, <laughs> hey. For, hey. for 30 seconds. And then, yeah, Shannon Sharp said it, too, because he was on it at the time. He goes, so you wasted 30 seconds just to call a timeout. Yeah, and then, and then, then trot out a 64-yard field goal. <laughs> so I think, there's, I think there's serious problems in Denver. And it's funny. I picked them to win the division simply because I saw problems everywhere else. But I did say the only question I do have with Denver is can Hackett coach? And can, boy, uh, Hackett, no Hackett. Uh, 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 someone had to say the pun eventually. <laughs> I was just like, and it looks like Hackett can't hack it. <laughs> I yeah. think I actually made that pun months ago and you busted my balls for it. I'm sure I did. Uh, but anyway, guys, takeaways on that. Do you think I'm I'm a little tinfoil hat with saying I thought Russell's comments to say that later on was 
calculated. Mm. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Honestly, like, I'm like, I, I was like, I, you're, you've been in this league a long time. I you're think, usually a fall on the sword guy. I thought that was odd things, comments for him to say. I'll tell you why I think it was odd. I think it was odd because if you look at the last two or three years in Seattle, mm-hmm. I think Russ started to take far less reservations about mm-hmm. not being the guy to fall on the sword. Yeah. yeah. And it's a surprise that he would come out and say the things that he did and sort of let Hackett take all the blame mm-hmm. because, okay, I am going into a new situation. Maybe this isn't the guy I would have wanted as a coach, mm-hmm. but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Bad call, yes. But if you want bad situation, yes. You, if you want but someone, first game, you can't come out and say no, that. No, you you shouldn't. But if you want someone replaced, that's how you to do go it. after them when they're at their you know mm-hmm. most vulnerable. And Hackett was very vulnerable after that game. Yeah. Well, I think you don't. You if you're not if, if you don't care, you you don't do much. You don't say anything when they're in crisis. If you're in your room, you support them in crisis. But if you want to change. You go after them like, in crisis. Even, even if, even if, right, we were to sit Russ down here and go justify what you said, it would be one thing if he sat there and said, well, I said what I said because Hackett didn't come out in post game and say, yeah, that was a bad call. We mm-hmm. should have gone for it. Mm-hmm. Faced with that decision again, mm-hmm. I'm going for it. Mm-hmm. But it's not like he didn't go out there and take that heat. Mm-hmm. Well, to further what you said, Brian, about like how he wasn't really that guy anymore the last few years in Seattle. Well, no, no, no. I, well, to, uh, just, I'm saying he was sort of willing to be like, uh, all right, this is uh, me. Uh, At least I, some, some yes, to a I degree. Like, I, I, I did see, you know, Russell Wilson was still very good at like, you know, I'm not going to show the rift that between me and Pete Carroll and the organization in but public. You, I'm going to try to hide it. You but, still sort of knew the tides were turning. Yes, and I saw and there was a little change in Russell's. He is, you know, since he got married, he got a little Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when you show up to your former stomping grounds in a prom suit. Yeah. Like, there's a little, you know, he's not as humble, humble as he used to be. I still like him as one of the more, you know, intelligent uh uh, good leaders in the locker room, one of those quarterbacks type of guys. Um, but part of that's just because he's a veteran. Mm-hmm. I, I, he's a little less of team. He's more of an asshole. Yeah, than he used to be. Yeah, which is but, fine. Which is fine. He's, to he's some degree, you have to right. be a little bit now, of an asshole. Buy, so, do you think? Do you think he just said that trying to shift blame, or do you think he actually, like, do you think it was more calculated? Because I think it was calculated. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, it's just how I I don't know about it calculated it could because have been. he didn't do it after he didn't do it immediately after the game at least that could have been emotional sort of like quick decision making I don't want to take the heat no 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 he waited he waited a day that's and then when asked about it again said well we had a play that's ready calculated. ready to go to me I was like Okay, sure, yeah. That didn't come from nowhere. Yeah. But, well, all right. Like, you know Where he... Where did it come w- from? Well, is that it, his quote? Or is he saying a quote from somebody else? No, he said it. No, but I'm saying, like, oh. did someone, someone tell him someone to say that? Is oh. his agent being like, listen, like, you want to win some championships, this ain't your guy. Like, uh, yeah, okay. Read this. Okay. Maybe it's that. his wife. Maybe, nah. but still, it would still be calculated to go at Hackett. Now I got a question. Yes. Now mm-hmm. I got one. But I'm just wondering, is there... I, I got you. Is he Darth Vader and the Emperor's lurking okay. in the shadows? Like, okay. How many questions did 
Hackett, and the rest of the team and staff, how many questions did they have to face about mm-hmm. Hackett's decision? Tons. Yeah. Right? So... I mean, that's... that's so, so wait. The big takeaway from that so game. So wait. So you could sort of make the same argument about the question that you could be answer. Mm. Did that reporter make it a point to ask that question of their own accord, or do well, you think I Russ mean, said, that, hey... That is the story. Throw yeah, that in there. That's, that was the story from week one. Yeah. About how, like, everyone... I mean, even during the game. The man encounter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone knows, like, like this is this is some bad coaching going on right yeah. now. Like, yeah. like I, you're just sitting there watching and be like, man... Call the timeout. Yeah, like you're not Bill. <laughs> at least you're talk not about this. You're not Bill at the one yard line of the Super Bowl, looking at the offense, going, "You're disorganized. I'm not going to call." Yeah. No, they were just like, "Do we call? Do we not call? Do yeah. we call the play?" Ah, they looked and and on that fourth down drive. I mean, on that that fourth quarter drive, that last one, they went from being calm and very nonchalant to nonchalant to start to then by the end looking extremely frantic. Like, I thought the Russell Wilson scramble and the jump off to Williams, I thought they looked frantic. They were so undisciplined. Also, on the second fumble at the goal line, when they go four and fourth, the, the clock almost hit zero, and they had to snap it really quickly, and I don't know if everyone was ready, and they ended up fumbling. Again, they looked mm. frantic. This is a fourth and goal late in the game. Burn a timeout if you need to. Yeah. But it didn't look right. And it didn't look right on the fourth quarter drive, and it didn't look good on the second fumble at the fourth uh, on the fourth and goal at the one. Mm. So I have multiple times here where I can see on the field, you're not organized, you are frantic, and it happens. But when you're well coached, you don't let well, the play happen when your guys aren't organized in a crucial spot. Well, when this is happening to a veteran quarterback, mm-hmm. like. We, we don't dislike Bruce Arians and we like Todd Bowles. Uh-huh. But bring up the Bucks, like, not the most well coached. Okay. Really. We, we think they're too loose. Yeah. But did they ever have a clock problem? No, because Tom Brady was there to save the day and get everyone organized. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson's not on that level. No one is. No one's on Brady's level. But I expect more clock management and being able to fix things on yes. the fly from a veteran quarterback. Going so forward. when it's happening, it has to be the coaches not being clear, not communicating well. The play calls are mm. bad. Stuff like that. Okay. And going forward, I, now if that kind of stuff happens again, I would look at Russ and be like, listen, your first week there, I get it. But now you should be comfortable and you should take more command. If you think but if something's not, happening that shouldn't happen... Do the timeout yourself. Uh, but if he's not, like, and yeah, I'm getting more and more, on one, I want to put the tinfoil on my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, if he's not, like, that's got to be somewhat the coach just mm-hmm. not getting everyone ready. Oh, yeah. Including no, the quarterback. No, it is. It is. So who remembers the end of the second Pats Rams Super Bowl? Yeah. 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 On fourth down. I remember every play I, of every Patriots Super Bowl. <laughs> so before they kick that field goal when it's a 10 3 game, Bill wanted to go for it. Mm-hmm. Brady went over to the sideline and said, "Kick it, Bill. Just kick it. It's a gimme, mm-hmm. and it'll make it a two score. They can't. It's mathematically impossible." Mm. All right, stand up for the guy. Yeah, like I get it. Hackett's not Belichick. He's not smart enough to be that sensible. Mm-hmm. And Russ has only been to two and one one. So you don't. It's not like you have that <clears throat> pull and yeah. that sort of gravitas about. 
you know what how you're trying to influence a coach's decision, you got to speak up. Mm-hmm. You gotta speak up. Mm-hmm. You're paying me a quarter of a billion dollars. Maybe he's not shut speaking up. up on purpose. Shut up. Maybe <laughs> someone told him to shut his mouth and give me the ball. I just think I, maybe I don't know if I'm going quite that far with the tinfoil stuff, but I do think <laughs> the fact that he waited a day and then made those comments. I do think that I, I think I think Wilson might not be all that in the Nathaniel. And hey, most coordinators, even the offensive ones, you know. Do we think Russ is that calculated though? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do we? Since he got married, yeah. Less. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. Is Russ that calculated? Or is Ciara? Or so is Brady that calculated? Or yeah, is Tom. Tom no, right. Tom is. Tom, Tom, Tom is an evil genius. Yeah, Tom is. 100%. Tom, listen. We're Tom went up to Lattimore. Giselle, Giselle wants nothing knowing. to do with managing his football career. He wants it, She no, wants no, his no. football career to be over. Listen, Correct, Tom yeah. purposely said something to Lattimore. I know Lattimore did the little thing first, but he purposely went back at him, knowing Mike Evans was going to run out and they were both going to get kicked out of the game, and boom, touchdown. <laughs> True. True. All right, moving that's, on. That's tinfoil hat. Moving <laughs> on. The Cincinnati Bengals, the Super Bowl hangover is real. real. Losing to Cooper Rush it's, it's Joe and Burrow. the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, Cooper Rush and Noah Brown are going to take the lead by storm. I don't even want to talk about that game for the most part specifically. I want to look at both of these teams. So I'm going to let you start on your Cincinnati Bengals. All right. Yes. So, I mean. You should videotape this one too. All right. I wasn't prepared to, but okay. Yes. Insult to injury. <laughs> your tears. Sus- no. Your, your, your anguish sustains him, so here's Jesse. The, here's the thing. Like, I'm not truly that worried about the Bengals. I'm worried about one man. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, he had, he even said it himself, he's like, I'd love to have a boring off season. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't. He just can't. He had appendicitis, all this other stuff. So he couldn't really participate in camp. I feel like looking at everyone on the field, the line's a little behind because of all that we said before, and they brought in new pieces, Ted Karras and um, that other one. Um, but Joe Burrow is clearly the least ready for this season. Mm. Week one, he threw four picks mm-hmm. and then a fumble. So, like, I know you lost to Cooper Rush. And, uh, only scored 20 points. 14 of those were in the first quarter, which is the M.O. of the Bengals. Mm-hmm. They love to those first two drives. They get beat up, and then they all calm down. They all adjust, and they all they make these comebacks. Not the best way to go about football, but, hey, it got him to a Super Bowl, so who am I to judge? It's like every Patriot Super Bowl. But the problem right now, <laughs> yeah, um, mm. they never scored a point in the first quarter. Nope. That's funny. But the problem with that is Joe Burrow is not on the level that Joe Burrow was last season. Mm. So when you're digging these holes, Joe Burrow just can't dig you out. Mm. Hopefully he'll be ready soon, but I'm not that worried about the Bengals. Now, the problem is you lost to a division opponent week one. Um, what helped is, like, you're, everyone in your division lost this week. Yes. So it's not... It's only week two. The Bengals will be okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So I will say this. <clears throat> we talked about the O-line stuff, okay? Their O-line looks awful. It looks even worse than last <laughs> year. But these guys didn't get a lot of starting time. They don't do the practice. They don't play in preseason. And, do you, you, not brought like in, and you brought in two different guys. Do you not like so, Ted Karras, though? No, I, that's my point I'm just actually making. I'm actually defending Cincinnati. Okay. I still think the Super Bowl hangover is real. I still think they're they're a nine-win team and not winning the division. But 
it's not going to be this bad. The O-line needs time. All O-lines in the NFL clearly need time. And since he brought in two different, two completely new guys on that O-line, as you mentioned, Burrow, the appendicitis, all that kind of stuff. He didn't take any snaps. Not even, he wasn't even taking snaps in camp. Really. He, tried, he still tried to be there with the team. Yeah, but he wasn't taking snaps in camp, really. No, no. So, so I mean, he's as rusty as any... He's rustier than any quarterback by a long shot in the NFL. Um, so there is that. That's why they're this bad. But I do think it's unfortunate that you had two games on your schedule already that you probably should have won. You lost them both, and you're playing a first-place schedule this year. So this is why I think this is an 8-9 win team. Um, and then the other thing is... He's on Colin Cowherd's podcast every week now. Is he? Does that scream Super Bowl hangover to me? Uh, That screams like, ooh, the attention, distractions. I didn't didn't like when I heard that. Well, here's the thing. I mean, we've talked about this, the age of the arrogant quarterback. Yeah. I mean, when he... I'm not even trying to say it's just arrogance, but it's just, it's diverting attention away from... Well, that's that's the thing. It's like, I'm good enough. I don't have to pay attention. I don't have to work as hard because Mm -hmm. I'm just that guy. I can do these other things. I want the publicity. Mm -hmm. I want my voice heard. Yeah. I mean, at LSU, when he won, Mm -hmm. there's a famous picture of him. Mm-hmm. Sitting there on the couch. Go far with the mic. Oh, you know what? I get too comfortable sometimes. I, know you do. I get too comfortable. So he's uh, he's sitting on the couch, with a cigar after winning the national championship. This is a kid who, has, who, who likes first overall pick. He's already been to a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and like, like his nickname is Joe Money. Yeah, I expect a little arrogance, but yes. That is concerning. Yeah. Because it might be getting a little too far. Because I was like, if you want to go on there sometimes here and there, no problem. But the fact that you're like... You're not Aaron Rodgers yet. You can't go on these shows every week. (laughs) But he's literally like, no, no, no. Every week I'm going to be on blah, blah, blah this time. I'm like, I did not not like hearing that. And I Mm. wouldn't if I was a Cincy fan. But Mm. Brian, you got some thoughts on this? Uh, Eli Apple needs to see an optician, <laughs> and I looked up a couple of things today uh, and, and did the little bit of math that my brain can handle for the week. So, go back to 2002, I believe the year was. David Carr holds the record for most sacks taken by a quarterback in a year with 76. Guess what Joe Burrow is currently on pace for? 80. No, I'm going to say 88. Higher. 95. Come on, come on, come on. 110? 110 and a half sacks. He is on pace to take this year. (laughs) Wow. And like I said, it'll get Where's your improved line? It'll get that. Do you you not like Ted Karras? I can't, I I gotta look at the other one. I can't remember. Man, you really have like a thing for Ted Karras, huh? (laughs) I used to play here. (laughs) Uh, No, I I, I do think the O-line's gonna get better. I think that's an NFL problem well, across yeah, the league. I, I, I agree. And since he has unique situations that it's even worse for them, so I do think that gets better. But yes, physically I am worried about Burrow getting through this period of trying to gel the O-line because he's getting hit far too much. Yeah. Yeah. So now, do we have do you have more to say though? Alex Kappa. Yeah, that was the other one. Do you have more to say though? The Burrow stuff, the off the field, anything? He's absolutely gonna cool it. I like, see. I thought so too. I, I get it, and I said this a lot last year about him. I'm not naming names. Mm-hmm. He's got some number twelve DNA. Yeah, in that blood. Mm-hmm. 
but he's Which, not number 12. Yeah. You're not there yet. Yeah, you're not number 12. No weekly interviews with Jim Gray. Like, yeah. Dude. Yeah. But even Stop. that, that's Stop. a local radio station. Yeah. That's not the national, national Colin Coward. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I obviously, like, you know, the weekly thing, like, pay attention a little bit more. But it's also the publicity level. <laughs> yeah. This is a national... Like at least when Brady was doing it with the public, it and was, he, it and was he also was, it was also very understood that a lot of it was Tom sort of taking Bill's message and the game plan that not game but you know like the, the general message of the locker room and the week going in and the preparation and bringing it to the fans and the masses. So it, it, in a way, it was almost preaching the team thing. And he'd already no, no, been in the is, league for a while and, when he started doing that. And that too. This is well. Joe, that's another point about this Burrow. Is Joe going on a no. I'm but I'm saying the difference. The significant difference between what Brady used to do on the local and what bro. No, I know. But this I'm is saying, all Joe. I'm this is just to Joe. Jesse's point. Like, okay. Brady's been around for a million years, yeah. so he can do that. Yeah. Burrow, you're still on a rookie deal. Yeah. Get, come on. Yeah. Get to yeah. practice. Yeah. No talking to Colin Coward till you're off your rookie deal. Yeah. That's what I think. But anyway, so I that, would say no talking no, to Colin Cowherd no. until you win another playoff game. Yeah. No big uh, deals with companies until you're off your rookie deal. Yeah. Like no no Under uh, Armour. Uh, yeah. So next thing, I want to talk about the Cowboys real quickly. So, you know, when Dak got hurt, the sky is falling, the season is over, and I didn't think it was over yet. And I certainly did not think they were going to win this Bengals game. But the NFC is still bad. Philly, we think, is winning the division, but they didn't, though they won week one, they gave up 35 points. Because Brian Dable, though. They gave up 35 points. You, Cooper Rush, you just need him to be competent enough that you can hover around the 500 mark before Dak comes back. This season is not over for the Cowboys. The division is bad. The conference in general is bad. Can Cooper Rush win you two or three games while Dak is out? Probably just two. But you already have one mm-hmm. against a team you probably didn't think you were going to win. Today, and even before that game, even if they lost to Cincy, I was actually still going to do this segment. Cooper Rush, he just needs to play competent enough to win you two of these games. Two of five. And then Dak comes back. Bad division, weak conference. The season is not over for the Cowboys. Now, I think they have a low ceiling. I don't think they're winning the division. I didn't think they were winning the division even if Dak played the whole season. But the season is not lost for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm telling you right now. Cooper Rush looks like he's good enough that he can they can tread water until Dak is back. Mm. It's I mean, not over, but I don't they're not I don't think I don't see them making enough noise. This year. No, I don't think they're going deep either. But Cooper, keep them afloat, tread water, and this will be a playoff team. I guess. I mean, I guess, but like, that's because the NFC sucks. No, it is. Like, I, we're just like, all right, this team sucks, but if they're just. <laughs> Yeah, don't suck enough. <laughs> yeah, and no, I know. Dak will come everyone back sucks. Make... Just don't suck as bad. <laughs> but as everyone else, that's not true. I will say Tony this. Pollard's Can good. I just say though, they won't use him, but Tony Pollard's good. But you, we would talk about oh, who's going to be the dark horse team that's going to get thrown in and can challenge the Bucks or the Rams. You know who they just last week was terrible for the Bucks and the Rams because Trey Lance got hurt and now Jimmy G's at quarterback. And the Niners will be that team again. Great for my fantasy team. Great for your fantasy <laughs> team. But the Niners will be that team again. So now we're all, who are the Rams going to face? Who are the Bucks going to face who could beat them? San Francisco's back we, in business. To be honest, when I said that, I was not really even thinking of the Niners. 
Because we all we thought at some point Jimmy G was going to yeah, but captain the ship anyway, and yeah, but we they thought, were going to be there. Yeah, but we, we thought, thought this roster was good enough anyway. Yeah, but we thought that maybe like they'd go with Trey long enough that that unfortunately they'd get the playoff spot, but they'd be a wild card team, and then they're on the road all the time. And now I'm like, yo, week three, Jimmy G here, like Rams and Niners. Both have a very good shot at winning the division now. Gallup and Chicken's gonna win that race, boys. <sighs> yeah, but I, when I when I said like the dark horse, I was thinking maybe like Detroit. No, I know. Or uh, Carson Wentz and the Commanders. No, I know. Without Chase Young. No, I get you. All right, the Panthers. The the Panthers. The Panthers. But none of that is happening. No, it's well, not. Maybe, you know what? Maybe the Lions. Yeah. All right. Next one. Indianapolis. You lost. Well, you tied Houston. <laughs> You lost to the Jags 24 to nothing. By the way, I'm just saying it right now. I said bet the over on the Jags win total in Vegas. Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, it's going to work. They brought in the weapons. They're at least doing things the right way. They have a bad division. Jags look pretty good. They look pretty good right now. Christian Kirk is paying dividends. Trevor Lawrence actually yesterday looked a little bit like the kid that everyone touted him as. Exactly. But here's the next question. Indianapolis. Yes, historically you start slow, but this is bad. This mm-hmm. is a tie of Houston and an L to the Jags in the tough AFC. Now you got KC. Matt Ryan looks like Big Ben last year. <laughs> Matt Ryan looks like the cliff has come. The Reaper has come for Matt Ryan's career. Listen to this. Now go for it. And and by the way, the last thing is, even if Matt Ryan wasn't awful, the minute Michael Pittman goes down, they have no legitimate weapon on the perimeter. Like, yeah. at all. Yeah. So, 48 plays. Yeah. The Colts offense was on the field for. Mm-hmm. 11 drives, 218 total yards, nine first downs. <laughs> that is <laughs> That is so historically bad. That's like that's, that's some of the worst football I've ever seen. That's that's yesterday. That's like, hey, Georgia State, go play Alabama. <laughs> that's what that is. Nine, uh, nine first downs. Yep. <laughs> like that's bad. Nine first downs. Two of ten <laughs> on third down. That's awful. That's that really is awful. But and like I said, the minute the minute Pittman went down, there's no even passable weapon on the perimeter for them. Matt Ryan took five sacks and lost 31 yards. <laughs> Yo, did you see his QBR? How bad was it? Six. Uh, and actually, I found someone that has a worse QBR than Daniel Jones this year. Who? He's 28. Matt Ryan, 31. 31. Matt Ryan. Yeah, Matt Ryan's the worst. He's got well, no, he's 28th with, an, with a oh, okay. uh, QBR of 31. So uh, there's still worse QBs out there. Fields and Lance, maybe? Uh, Fields has thrown the least amount of times in the league. Yeah, that doesn't shock me. So, um, oh, but, yeah, Lance probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, do you, uh, what do you think on this one? Because, like, the division's still bad. I don't like Tennessee. Yeah, I'm sitting there looking like. Do you I know mean, who I really. If you, Jacksonville's winning. Uh, Jacksonville and Houston. Doesn't Jacksonville look like they could win the division right now, though? Maybe, but like. And I'm, I'm not a panic guy. Who's their only competition? But maybe Indy, Houston? But maybe Indy, Houston? No, Houston's not going to I mean, be good. Tennessee, Indy, Indy, Tennessee the, could be. The whole okay. division's bad, though. No, l- listen. Right now, maybe Tennessee. Go go put your money on Tennessee because at least they're the more proven we'll, one. We'll see. Mike Vrabel, all that kind of stuff. But, like, right now. It doesn't take much to talk me into like 
Yo, Jacksonville might win this division. I, I want to see Because right tonight. now, Indy looks awful. If Derrick Henry has a bad night, mm-hmm. then I'll be like, all right, Tennessee might be in a huge <laughs> hole. Yeah. Because that's their offense. Yeah. So then I might be like, this is kind of the Jags to lose. Yeah. But... Like all these teams, we talk about like things they can fix, why their things are that. I don't see a f- anything fixable here with Indianapolis. Like Matt Ryan looks done. You, know, you have no weapon other than Pittman. That's not going to change. But the backup. Who's the backup? Isn't it like Garner Minshew? Oh, you're right. Because I thought, like, we were, we were to be like, man, we feel so bad for Garner because he went to the Colts and then they brought in Matt Ryan. No way. He might have, they might have pulled some, he might have pulled some voodoo magic. It's like, in age, Matt Ryan. No, I think, I think Minshew's we all. in Philly. Ah, oh, that's Philly right. he went to. All right. Wait, is it then, is it Folk? Nick Folk? Nick Foles? Yeah, yeah Folk. Folk. Yeah, Nick Folk. Yeah, the kicker. Uh, yeah, it is Nick Foles. All right, so they do have Nick Foles in the bullpen. Start him! He won the Super Bowl with Frank Reich. What are we doing? What are we doing? He's in the bullpen. Because they paid... No, they they, they have to give Matt Ryan like four or five more weeks. After that I mean, performance I yesterday. A I mean, buck 59. A, a buck 59. They're paying three him, picks, no they're, touchdowns. They're paying him a lot of money. So what? He's one of the biggest cap hits in the league. So... Is that worth losing? You know what? No, Screw it's, it. It's not. Listen, if I, I, I would give him two more weeks. Screw it. Cut but him. I'm just saying, like, I, Cut bet, him. I bet he gets three or four. Cut him. Okay, that's that's a little far. Yeah, that no, because <laughs> the cap hit, I'm sure, will be. Yeah, you can't quite do that. Cap is crap. Real money is the only thing in this league that matters is whether or not the owner wants but to like, actually open the guys, wallet and pay someone. Both of you, you can deal no, with I that think cap you're on the same, for a I, year. Yeah, I think you're on the same wavelength as me. But, like, am I overreacting or do you think Indy sucks? No, I always think you're overreacting, but you're right. <laughs> well, I mean, like, Indy looked so inept in every way possible you're gonna, yesterday. Like, you're going to lose to the Chiefs. Jonathan yeah. Taylor couldn't even get it going. Actually, you know what will really decide the fate of this division? What? Uh, the week after. <laughs> Titans-Colts. Yes. That'll, that'll be like, all right. Because if you lose to the Colts, or if you lose to the Titans, <laughs> then I'm like, all right. You're 0-4. Well, you're like, 0-3-1. Yeah. Then I'm like, all right, you suck. Yeah. <clears throat> But then, like, you should lose to the Broncos, but who knows? The Chiefs would have had extra time to prepare for this game against the Colts, too. Like, it's going to be rough. And, like, Matt Ryan's going to have to throw the ball 40 times. Like, that's not good. I can't decide if the end of the season gets any easier. Can he do that without his arm falling off? I have have no idea. I don't know. That's what I mean. Like, this is... It's a disaster. How do you feel? Listen listen to this this schedule. Okay. So it's uh, Chiefs, L, Titans. L, where's the game? In Indianapolis. I'll give them a win. Okay. Split split the two Tennessee games. Yeah. Okay. Call it one and one. Sure. And then after the home Tennessee game, they go to Denver. L. Loss. Home against the Jaguars. Loss. In t- Tennessee. Loss. That'll be the one. And yep. then home against the Washington Commanders. Yeah. That could go well. It, well it, you know, it's the Jekyll and Hyde. Is it good Carson today or bad Carson I, today? Thank you. Does Carson want to be good or does Carson want to throw four turnovers? <laughs> you know, we, you know. Well, we'll see. It yeah. depends on what he, what Carson did the week before. Does he want to be twenty seventeen Carson? I'll go, once? I'll go win because or, or, I'll go or no, week one Joe Burrow. Wait, 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 <laughs> let me say, I'll go win 
Because Frank Reich knows Carson. Okay. All right. In New England. Lost. L. In Vegas. L. Home against the Eagles. Lost. L. Home against the Steelers. Lost. It it depends who's quarterback. Is Trubisky still quarterbacking? Then Come like on. it might be an L. Dude, no you way. were higher than the ISS on the Steelers last week. Do uh, not sit there and tell me <laughs> that the Colts have any degree of a chance to beat them, home or otherwise. Yeah, but like I, if it's I Trubisky, think he, I think they win. Okay, because that is that's a kick fest. Yeah, Trubisky's not going to be the signal caller by then. He won't. They were calling for Kenny in the third quarter of the game <laughs> yesterday, for Christ's sake. Yeah, if Kenny's there, I think they might win that game. Okay. In Dallas. Loss. Loss. In Minnesota. Loss. Loss. Home against the Chargers. Loss. Chargers could charge. Yeah, Dude, that's so that's all, much better. I don't they, even care no, how much are. of an idiot they're in the paper. That should be an easy win. They for also the Chargers. outplayed KC Thursday and lost too. Like, but no one gets in their way more than the Chargers. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. I don't think the Colts will Brian, win that game. I think the Chargers could lose that game. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> yeah, enough. that's late in the season. It'll be a big game, probably, but like not a big game, but a big time. But like, watch like the week after the Chargers have like an in division opponent or something like. Just Indianapolis. Matt Ryan looks over the hill. Maybe <laughs> Indy's got six losses by but, then. But and the Chargers just like, or they the Chargers. AFC West is just so friggin' good now. Nobody can afford to lose a game. Probably that's very Charger too, though. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, two more. Uh, away against Brian Dable. Uh, I gotta go win. Oh, okay. I'm good. Yeah. It's not a good team. Still dangerous. Yeah, and then home against the Texans, who you tied week one in Texas. Loss. I am going to say loss too because those are probably those are going to be two different teams by then. You really? Do you realize we just said make me like four or five wins? (laughs) Yeah. You realize that's probably a little too generous for this team. I don't know if it's going to be that bad. I just it's hard for me to say. Frank Reich, I Indianapolis, mean, Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, Matt Ryan—they're gonna win five games in a bad division. Like I, we all said, Cleveland would squash the Jets. Look what happened. I know, right. I know, You're right? But wow. To be fair, at one point they were. <laughs> Until they weren't. <laughs> Until they weren't. All right. But so we going, we going full suck. They suck. They suck. They suck. Okay. They but, Brian, that, they but, suck. but so does that division. I know. That's the that's the problem with this. All right, next thing before we get to our break. Lamar, Grack, Lamar Jackson and the contract. I don't even want to talk about that game that much. It was a crazy game. They happen. We know Miami's talented, yeah. especially on the perimeter. I don't think anybody thinks Baltimore is now like going to you know fall off a cliff or anything. It happens. Weather's perfect, too. That's always great for the offenses. Um, I want to talk about the Lamar and the contract stuff. So he turned down the $130 million guaranteed for six years. Uh, I think it had the potential of being a $290 million contract. He wants to bet on himself. But then, you know, there's rumors leaked that he won't play if he's franchise tagged next year. Lamar, before, hasn't really made a lot of noise and been loud. He's getting into diva territory a little bit. A little bit. Now, I get bit. it. Because he's like, oh, I won an MVP. Y'all paid Kyler this money. Deshaun got his money full and guaranteed. My position always has been on this one is Baltimore's too well run of an organization. Super Bowls are their agenda. That's what they're into. And I don't think that the market should be set by poorly run franchises. 
<laughs> so, like, but, you, you tell them, like, hey. But the Jaguars set is, the wide receiver market. That's true. But when has Cleveland ever been the decider of anything? When they gave a fully guaranteed contract? <laughs> yeah, but you should tell rapist. everyone around the league, like, that's the Browns, bro. That's just the Browns. <laughs> Like, okay. I don't think that's going to mean wait, much to Lamar. Wait, wait, so even though you're giving a quarter of a billion dollars fully guaranteed to a guy that ought to be buried underneath the prison? That's a little far prison. We don't know exactly what he did. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, Not that I am a fan, but but, <laughs> yeah. but prison, at, prison at does least, belong to, like, at least, matter reason. At least you're <laughs> giving that money... To a guy who has the potential to be top five at the position, and you really don't have to worry about him watching film. Mm-hmm. Steve Kime and the Arizona Cardinals giving Murray the deal they gave mm. screws up the market. Actually, I'm shocked Kyler Murray won. Did you get the Modern Warfare beta came out this weekend? Listen, we all want to pile on Kyler. Kyler's the reason they won that game yesterday. Yeah. I don't know. Renfro's two straight fumbles might. True. But Kyler still was talented, and Kyler brought oh, them no, back. Oh, no, that, that, that last I'm just thing saying, to tie the game, that was a beautiful throw. At least that game showed to me exactly why I defended Arizona giving them the contract. I'm not saying I would have done it, but I got it. Really? I still feel they're stupid. Maybe. I want to talk about the Lamar situation here, though. How ugly is this going to get? And is oh, this going to derail I, the season? I hope it ruins them. I don't like Baltimore. <laughs> I know you don't. I don't like the Ravens. They're yeah. thorn on our side. Jim Harbaugh is a great co- uh, coach. That yeah. team is always good. Yeah. I hope this ruins them. Yeah. It will. If they don't get a deal done with Lamar him, it will. gets what he wants. Okay. I hope Lamar gets what he wants, too, because like I said, I think if they give him that money, I think they've taken themselves out of the Super Bowl window. The AFC has too many good quarterbacks now. I don't, but, I don't trust you in a two-minute drill throwing the ball down the field. But Lamar so, can almost do it on his own. What sort yeah. of deal would you give him? Like, what would the numbers be? What would the term be? Like I, just, I, I would six years. Let's make it thirty-two million a year. Are you fully guaranteeing the whole deal? No, absolutely mm. not. I will guarantee. I will guarantee most of it because we're going at thirty-two and not forty something. But I'm still not giving a fully guaranteed contract to a guy who wants to run around as much as he does. I wouldn't either. Yeah, I, yeah. You don't. Fully and guaranteed like, contract. If he tries to come to me with this, I'll be like, bro, you're betting on yourself for this season. Playing without long-term support, betting on yourself that you're going to be good enough to get the money you want. So now, when I give you a contract, I'm going to put a bunch of incentives in it to make even more money, and you're not going to be confident enough in yourself that you're going to be able to hit those incentives. Like, come on, man. True. So that's what I would do. If I could pay him, I would 30 to 33. But that's not the quarterback con. That's not what it is anymore. Well, yeah, and they're never the going to be able to do it. And they're never like going to be can... able to do it. Now, if Lamar shows me, and I already think this year, I, I do think he's going to run less. If he shows me that he's taken another step as a passer, then I will give in and give him that money. That's the biggest thing for me. I don't. But right now, I still think that there is a cap on where this team can go because at the end of the day, playoff football becomes extremely situational. You have to throw the ball. You're going to be down at some point, And I just don't think Lamar is good enough as a pure passer that he will ever be able to succeed in that situation. So that would be my biggest caveat. Show me another year of legitimate progression as a signal caller. As a, well, as a strict in-pocket thrower of the football. So that way there, if you do have to say, pocket's breaking down, I gotta go? Yeah. 
then in that scenario, yeah. But other than that, yeah. <laughs> you gotta hang in there and throw the ball. Yeah, exactly. Because the more you run, <laughs> that money's gonna be wasted real fast, and we're gonna be yeah seven and ten exactly. every other year. Exactly. Do you think? Now, he is all about winning. He gave them the deadline. They didn't meet it. So it makes me think that he is focused on football, at least for the season. Mm-hmm. But, man, I think this could get ugly. And do you do you believe the rumor? Do you really think a, a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, a former MVP, will get a franchise tag and then refuse to play? Yep. Uh... I believe him a little more than I believe Kyler Murray because he's already proved more than Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do see this probably, you know, playing just at least the same card as him, at the very least, mm-hmm. whether it's a, a bluff or not. Mm-hmm. But like, give me that money or I'm not playing. Mm. And like, Cardinals didn't call his bluff. So no, I get you. I get you. And, and, you know, everyone's talking about, oh, he's winning so far. Lamar always does this in the beginning of the season. I care about later in the season. Here's another thing. I care about December and the playoffs. Don't break down and win me two playoff games. Yeah. Now, Lamar seems like a reasonable person. If you sat him down and said, like, listen, your arm's not great. We want to surround you. Like, look what they're doing in Miami. We want to do that to you. Mm-hmm. But that means we have to pay other people other than you. Mm-hmm. Let's Let's maybe, like... Seven years, a little less on the money. I'm actually a little more willing to give a quarterback a fully guaranteed contract than anybody else, based on how protected they are nowadays. If I'm giving him a fully guaranteed money, it's going to be even less, though. I'm going 27. Well, yeah, that has, I'm going that has tw- to be some of the give and take. I'm going to 27 million a year, and you can have your fully guaranteed. Wow, there's no way he's taking that. I know, I, I know. But how about this? 27 million a year. If you win us a Super Bowl, you get another 100 million dollars. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Mm, I don't think that's on the table. But here's another thing to consider. Let's bring it back to the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Lamar is a very popular man in that locker room. Oh, he, and around the league. Yes. It could get very ugly. It already is. So Baltimore might be have backed themselves in a corner. I think they might have. I do think they might have. They might mm-hmm. have to pay him. Hot take. Mm-hmm. If Ozzie Newsom was still the GM of the Ravens, mm-hmm. this deal would have been done by now. It might have been. I don't know. Or, or he might have just been like, not putting up uh, with that. Uh, yeah, this I is your know. last year in Baltimore. Yeah, I don't know. Ozzie, I, Ozzie wasn't a pushover. He did well run. He made he made good decisions. Here's the thing. He might have right, gotten Right, and it would be done. a good decision for them to lock this guy up. Mm. Well, here's the thing. He might have gotten it done. But he might have scared Lamar into doing it, not Lamar scaring the Ravens. Yeah. So he's like, "Oh, you got hurt last year, bro. What does the rest of the league think of you?" He'd be like, "Look at our roster. I built a, I built a team around what you can do. You're gonna go somewhere else. They're not built for what you can do." He'll look him dead in the eye and be like, "We won Super Bowls with Joe Flacco. <laughs> I'll find someone." <laughs> well, that's that. That's been largely my point on this. Is why I, I, if I'm Baltimore, I don't pay him. Until, until he shows me something. But that's not the Ravens we live with nowadays. <clears throat> I think, I don't know. No, but the Ravens that win titles in our lifetimes do it with great I mean, defense. You and say that, but we'll see. Maybe it is the Ravens that we live and with quarter, because the Ravens. You like Joe Flacco? Like no, I said shitty quarterback. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. I, I didn't hear that. But you said this isn't the Ravens anymore, but maybe it is because the point is Arizona caved. The Cowboys have caved before the contract demands. They paid Dak way too much money for what he was worth. Baltimore still hasn't given in. So maybe it is still the same Ravens. Uh, maybe. maybe. We'll see. We will see. All right. 
with that, we are going to take our last break before we come back. I want to go over where uh, where the last starting quarter uh, the last quarterbacks drafted last year. Let's do an update, a check in, and see what we think about them today and their careers moving forward. And then we'll do our Tommy and Darwin as always. Stick with us, guys. And we are back here at Slow Your Roll. One last segment here before we get into our Tommy and Darwin, as always. You know, they've had one full season. They're two weeks in the season number two. It's time to do a check-in on the last quarterbacks drafted last season. We're going to go through all the first-round guys. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, me and Jesse. Going to give our takes on what we think now as opposed to what we thought then. And, you know, trajectory going forward. Brian Feel free to chime in. All right? If you disagree or whatever. No, please. Just All sit right. there and look good. <laughs> All right. Well, we're screwed. I'll start, <laughs> I'll start it out. Trevor Lawrence. He was the number one pick. He was one of the most, probably the most highly touted quarterback prospect coming out of college since Andrew Luck. He was faced with an impossible situation, it seemed like, in this first year. Urban Meyer, a toxic locker room absolute garbage and he looked terrible he looked awful <laughs> now the minute he's given Tug peterson christian kirk some more legitimate weapons legitimate coaching from an nfl coach who has played quarterback he's been to a super bowl he's won a super bowl he's done it at a high level for years trevor lawrence looks exactly what we thought he would be we're talking now that maybe somehow jacksonville in within one year might win a division okay they're flawed still they're still rebuilding parts of this roster. But just given the minimum competent support, Trevor Lawrence looks like everything he was supposed to be so far. We see the talent now. It's all there on display. The ceiling to me, sky high for Trevor Lawrence. We're going to have another elite quarterback in the AFC. Hmm. All right. Anybody else? Wait, anyone? On Lawrence? I mean, uh- Nope. No? I, yeah, yeah, it's spot on. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Next one. Zach Wilson. Yes. Second overall pick to the <laughs> New York Jets. Now, <laughs> I I mean, I kind of like Zach Wilson. <laughs> I just think he was put in a little bit more of an impossible situation because I guess the Jaguars can actually maybe figure it out sometimes. Yeah, they just had a bad year, but they figured it out quickly. And I know the Jets just had a great comeback and won a game. But I feel like the specific flaws of the Jets are really going to play into the specific flaws of Zach Wilson. (laughs) Mainly his size. (laughs) And they are not good at protecting quarterbacks. Yeah. So he's got talent. You, I mean, I don't watch college football. I don't care. Yeah. But you you said he was very talented at BYU. You really liked him at BYU. Mm -hmm. 
problem is I think the Jets might kill this kid before he ever has a chance to bloom. I, I And he might go the same way as all the quarterbacks and the Jets before him. Okay. So I like Zach Wilson, but his situation might be too impossible to overcome. I will push back on this. I don't love Robert Sala, but I love Joe Douglas, the GM. I think they've hit home runs and back-to-back drafts. They've gotten legitimate pieces. Garrett Wilson is already starting to pop now with Flacco. I think there's more help and more upside here with the Jets organization than there's ever been before. Unfortunately, again, I don't like the defensive head coach and Robert Sala. I thought the taking receipts comment in the postgame after week one was kind of odd. I know. This is your second year as a coach, third year. And it's like, can we be calmer about that? Like, Mike Tomlin's the only one who can get away with talking yeah, like that. dial it back. Yeah, I was like, that, I don't, that's like an assistant coach's thing to say. <laughs> like that, come on, bro, this is not the WWE. Um, well, so, no, not all assistant coaches. <laughs> Some head coaches can do it if your name's Joe Judge. <laughs> He's not a head coach. Um, no, but he tried that <laughs> spiel when he was. I know. So I, I, I didn't like Sala there. I think I trust Douglas to make a good decision at the end of the year if it looks like it's really gone south with Robert Sala because he's made good decisions in the draft. I think Zach Wilson has more of a chance to succeed now with the Jets than I thought a year ago. But unfortunately, he had injuries at BYU and he is already banged up again. So he's got to make it through another year of a bad old line. But he, and he might small. be o- And he might be okay. He's small, though. But I was like 90% the Jets will kill him, 10% of the work. I'm more now like... 50-50. Okay. Because I do like most of the roster they've put around Wilson now. No, sure. Like, I like the addition of wide receiver Wilson. <clears throat> but, like, protect you have to protect him. <laughs> I know. Because he won't survive. <laughs> and then it doesn't matter. I know. I get you. I get you. Brian, any thoughts here on the Jets or Zach Wilson? They're going to ruin this kid. You think they will? They haven't already. Okay. Well, I, I still like his talent. I like his talent too. I think he would have succeeded somewhere else. It's but just like it's the Jets. I know. Is is he going to end up like kind of like RG three and no <laughs> one will no one wants to touch him because they know he's just going to fall apart. No, I get you. I get you. All right, next one. So the next one, Trey Lance. He was taken third overall by the Giants, uh, the Niners, who also traded what three first round picks to get him. Took a big risk. Took a big mm-hmm. big risk, and so far. It's not panning out. <laughs> and the worst news is the Niners, Niner fans, you're a better team today now that Jimmy G's under center. But unfortunately, the issue with Trey Lance was he didn't play enough games in college, lack of experience, and he needs to get better accuracy rise and clean things up. Didn't he play on the D2 program? Yeah. Two? But I mean, the best one, though. But still. But the problem now is he's going to get put a whole nother year behind because he has a broken ankle. So there's a lot of things to clean up here. He'll be another year older, and the same bugaboo that he walked into the league with has now gotten worse because he's going to have another year off, and that's another year behind of where he needs to be. I kind of think this one's not going to work out. I think San Francisco... They're poor. I think San Francisco whiffed on this yeah. one. And it's a good thing that they have Jimmy G and a great roster for the next year or two. But this one's going to hurt in another three or four years because of the picks they gave up. It happens. I get why they took the big swing. I don't knock them for doing it because you 
you reached your probable ceiling with Jimmy G and you needed someone better. But I think they whiffed on this one. I don't think Trey's going to work. Mm. Lance is a whiff. Yeah, I think Trey's a whiff. Yeah. And yeah. When, I, when I see you at uh, strip clubs after the game, like you remind me of someone named Dwayne Haskins. And I, yeah, that never worked out on the field. No. So I don't, I don't see him. You're right. He's another year behind. And I don't see him having that drive mm-hmm. to ever make up for mm-hmm. that another year lost. Yes. Real quick on him. Uh, and this is sort of for you, Jesse, because I seem to get more. What's 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 the word? Uh, resistance. Mm-hmm. When I said that I like the Mac Jones over the Justin Fields pick. Mm hmm. Fields and Lance have, a, I think, a high ceiling, but the problem is they're like, they're the raw mm-hmm. talent, mm-hmm. and you can't always work with that, mm. especially guys like Belichick. Well, at that position, should we just get into Fields then? Yeah, let's go. All right. So here's why I don't think Fields will really work out. You okay. Like that transition. Mm-hmm. That's good. I think we all played it well too but like I like Fields you're right he's very raw he needs some coaching and they brought in a defensive coach yeah Matty Refluce yeah and this was already a team that like we don't like their weapons oh, they have the worst weapons in the league in my we opinion don't, we don't we don't like the coaching now he had a terrible first year uh, and I don't I he seems to be mentally stronger than certainly a Trey Lance. Uh-huh. He seems to have a more drive than a Trey Lance. But there's only so much a human being can do after having that god awful of a first season and then being presented with this in your second season. Yeah. Like Tom Brady maybe is one of the only people that could work out of this. And no offense to Fields, but no one can have that drive. No one can be no one necessarily can be that guy. Uh-huh. He's he's good. He's got drive. He wants to be but there's just nothing I really feel he can do with what he's presented. Yes. It's just the worst maybe situation to be in. Even like Zach Wilson, like, you're right. He has pieces now. Yeah. It's just like, will his body hold up? <laughs> but like, Justin's, I, got, Justin's nothing. Yeah. He's got nothing to work with in Chicago. He can hand it off to David Montgomery and he can get stopped for a one yard game. Yes. But the thing with him and got, got, I should say guys like him and guys like Lance, right? Even if you put the pieces around them, that's fine. If the quarterback can't put it together. Yeah, but I think, but he's saying, and I agree with you, is I actually think Fields could. But I just don't think that Fields is talented enough to overcome the garbage that he has been given. And even yeah. if he can. I think, I think if he was a competent pro, uh, competent franchise with competent coaching and competent pieces around him, I think he would work. Yeah. I mean, I see him, I see the flashes all the time. They moved the ball even better than I thought they would against Green Bay yesterday, but do you know who had to make it happen every single time? It was Fields. Fields got to fake it to Montgomery and run it himself. Fields has to see that Mooney's not open, Komet is... A no-show. There's nobody hasn't made a catch. Hasn't made a catch, and he's like, "All right, I gotta go do this myself again and go run it." And the next one, I have to try and fit a ball in the corner of the end zone perfectly in order because my guys don't get separation. I mean, he just he he has nothing to work with. He's got yeah. nothing to work with. He's got a defensive head coach. He's got a franchise that I called the most incompetent, and a franchise that just doesn't get it 
at all. Yeah, and I don't dislike the defensive head coach just yeah. across the league as much as you do. Yeah, but you then need to find a great <laughs> offensive, offensive coordinator, coordinator to call plays. And, and I don't stuff hate like it as much if you have a veteran, but if you this is That's second true. year quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Who had a disastrous first year? What are you doing? Like, you, you, <laughs> you, you, you go defensive side of the ball. What are you doing? Craziness from Look Chicago. Concern on your face. What? What are you doing? What are you doing? They're gonna kill this kid. And I, I, I see the 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 talent all the time. I, I feel bad for him. I really do. So, anyone else? Other comments on the field stuff? Spot on. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one is big sack back. Big sack Mac. Mac 10. <laughs> I'm doing Mac or you're doing Mac? I thought you were doing Mac. Oh, yeah, I am okay. doing, I yeah, am doing I Mac. I just did Fields. Okay. So, Mac Jones. <laughs> that, that, Mac that, Jones. That could be like the best slower roll out of context moment ever. <laughs> <laughs> Are um, you Mac doing Jones? No, I thought I was doing Jones. Big sack Mac. <laughs> big sack <laughs> yeah, Mac. <laughs> yeah, who's doing Big Sack Mac today? Big sack Mac. All right. This is a sports podcast. <laughs> I'm still videotaping and I haven't even started yet. <laughs> All right. We're going to do Big Sack Mac now. <laughs> Mac Jones. I feel like this is a combination of like the last two that we just said. I feel like Mac Jones has enough to work with that it's not as bad as the field situation. But I still think he's dealing with a franchise and specifically I'm looking at you, Bill. You can't maximize it. A bill. Because of the who's, people. Yeah. That, I, I don't think they're going to be able to get the most out of Mac Jones. And I'm worried that Mac is going to look a bit more like Daniel Jones within the next oh. year or two. So you're saying we need Brian Dable here. I I would <laughs> he, love... He already was. I would love Brian Dable here. But I think... I don't want to say New England's going to ruin him because I still think he'll be a competent, low-end starting quarterback. <laughs> He's too smart to be terrible. But I just think that they're not going to get the best out of him. And I definitely think he might take some steps back this year because he's got a coach that is outdated a little bit with the offensive stuff. He's got two knuckleheads as offensive coordinators who shouldn't be let anywhere near an offense, in my opinion, in Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. They shouldn't be let near an NFL stadium. So I think there's a very low ceiling now to where Mac Jones can get to, unless mm. things dramatically change in a year. Right. So I'm going to push back a little bit. Go for it. Because Dan was this negative. I know. I Like I said, I think Mac Jones is too smart okay. to be bad. Mm-hmm. And I think like this... This could really hurt his progression, but I hope they're both fired and maybe a real decision will be made on offensive. So, like, to right the ship, Mm -hmm. I feel like next year will be a massive year for Mac Jones because this is a lost year. Yeah. Week two, lost year. Don't care. I'm calling it out. Define massive. (sighs) Uh, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia won't be able to hear and they'll have a real offensive coordinator. Yes. Who actually and that's, plays. That's massive for Bill. <laughs> you, know, you, know who's, you know who it's going to be? Brian Hoyer. Uh, <laughs> I would take Brian Hoyer, Hoyer as an OC, give him a try before I, maybe, before I go. I tell you about this again. Josh McDaniels. You're like, yeah, that's the scheme. That's no. the tinfoil hat right there. Uh, no, um, no. I mean, Hoyer would probably be better than anyone that's on the staff now that didn't work under McDaniels while he was the OC here. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Hoyer's been here so long. I know. He knows all the plays. And he's been here twice. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he won't leave the second time. No. But I, I, I just think he's he's smart enough and he knows football enough that he will, he'll all be good. Anybody, anybody, pretty good. Okay. Cool. And we um, won't quite ruin him yet. All right. Now, like, is this, like, the one of the most talented quarterback drafts that might not really work out at all? Yes. Because yep. other than Lawrence, we said it's bad. It is bad. Yeah. It's it's questionable if any of the rest of them are really going to work. Yeah. So. Jones is only bad because of the coaching, though. Yeah, I, but re- he, I but really he, believe okay, that. Okay, but, but even with elite coaching, I do think there is a ceiling with Mac. Yeah, because he's just the arm is but average. I absolutely size think. average athletic ability below. I average. mean, but you won six titles. No, right? yeah, running like, an offense that is conducive to pea shooters. Yeah. I think if Mac Jones is actually able to progress a little bit. He doesn't even have to be a great quarterback. And I think if you surround a guy with his knowledge of football and ability to read defense and stuff like that, it's not working out this year. But, like, I know this kid can read a defense. Well, that's the other thing that so I like, don't understand. If like, you surround him with the talent, I think Mac Jones could win a Super Bowl. Like not you, right now. Mm-hmm. Like, you're trying to now overhaul your whole excuse me, offensive philosophy. Yes, everything has to change for Mac Jones to win a Super Bowl, but he can. Right? But... You've you've transitioned to a system now, right? Where it oh, takes you should call the plays. Where it takes James White should be the coach. <laughs> I said that. Did I not say that to you guys? Who, Did you? What two better ex-Patriot veterans that were loved almost more than nobody else by Patriots fans? Who were the two best guys you should bring in right now? Edelman and White. Yeah. I don't know about Edelman. I don't, I don't know if he'd I, be a great coach. Yeah, I, I feel like I he know. could be that rah-rah locker room yeah, guy. Yeah, I don't know if Edelman was ever smart, okay. like X's and O's. But maybe, okay. all right, maybe if you had, like, kind of what they're doing with the defense with Mayo and Stephen Belichick, where, like, White's out there calling the plays, getting all this, and Julian Edelman's on the sideline, hyping them all up before they run out there. <laughs> but, but, like, where I was just going about the system, right? What's Mac Jones' two biggest strengths, right? His, his mental acuity and his accuracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this system that you, you that you're trying to implement literally takes those two things out of the game. Mm-hmm. When you go from death by a thousand paper cuts to an outside zone scheme, mm-hmm. the whole premise of that offensive philosophy is to create wide open running lanes and to make sure that the quarterback's first read is wide ass open mm-hmm. and that's where the ball is supposed to go. Mm-hmm. That's not Mac Jones. That's not his bread and butter. Mm-hmm. His bread and butter is being like a Brady white light light. Yeah. And, no, I, and I now you've taken the field, and now you've taken that away from him. Yeah. yeah. And I'd also I would if I'm going to have a Mac Jones run offense, mm-hmm. I would like a run game. Yeah. Because you need it. I don't think he can really bail you out the way some of the more talented quarterbacks can. Well, yeah. I think but if he's smart enough, you don't really get into those situations. I guess yes. that's something that with him, you, you, you might... He'll evolve into that guy, I think. No, I, I would. I think he can progress into a pretty good... You know what? What do you About, think his ceiling is? Compare him to... A little better than Kirk Cousins. I'll go Derek Carr range. Okay. A little better than that, because I, you think I hate his guts. Yeah. Well, like, Derek Carr can win games. And you're right. Sometimes Derek Carr does have to win games on his own. Mm-hmm. I think Mac Jones could win 
has the talent level to maybe win a game to three in a season on his own. Yeah. But I would like to be surrounded with a run game that can control clock, mm-hmm. has holes, part of that is offensive line. But you also do need some pieces for him so that you don't just stack the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it needs to be better than Devontae possibly Parker. a washed up Devontae Parker, uh, <laughs> an angry Kendrick Bourne, and Jacoby Myers. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got you. I got you. Right. Maybe some younger tight ends and more yeah. dynamic tight ends, for sure. Because that's 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 a great some of the great off uh, chess pieces. New England, yeah, well, New England offense have been built with some tight ends here. Yeah, mostly Gronk. But yeah. remember Benjamin Watson back in the day. Yeah, I think Christian Fourier was another good one. Mm-hmm. Jermaine Wiggins. Jermaine Wiggins. Uh, right. some, there's some good trivia. No, like so that. I, I ask your friends who caught the last pass from Brady in the first Rams Super Bowl. All right. I actually did not know that. We, mm. I really? did not remember that. I didn't know that either. Right. And with that, that has been our check-in of last year's quarterback draft. We think Trevor's all good to go now. <laughs> and the rest of them, two of them we kind of don't think are going to work. And one we think is going to work to a smaller degree. It's weird because we were even a couple months ago saying like, wow, are we ruining one of the best quarterback process uh, prospects of all time in Trevor Lawrence? But yeah. now he's the one being like, man, I am in the best situation of all these guys right it now happened, somehow. The NFL, not for long. Never in it a million, all happens fast. It can never happen. in a million years would anyone have thought Zay Jones and Christian Kirk would save the day. <laughs> and uh, I mean, James Robinson. Yeah, he's awesome. Like, he was, was it eight months removed from a torn Achilles? Yeah. Looks, Savage. He looks fine. He looks fine. All right. So, with that, we are getting ready to wrap things up. Nice we are going to go to our Tommy report. As always, Jesse Coffey will take it away on our Tommy. All right. I mean, the big story is the fight. Yes. So, like, and we talked about it a little bit right now. It was Brady's frustration. He broke another iPad. Yeah. You know, that's his second iPad he's broken I guess, since he's come to the Bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both against the Saints. Yeah. And now, I know he won this time, mm-hmm. but I, I thought of uh, Drew Brees. Mm. And that, maybe sitting there watching that game being like, I cannot believe I lost that playoff game to this team. <laughs> like, they have their number. They just they have their number. I know. Saints are the bane of Brady's existence right now. Yes. That run, though, was that not, like, just vintage? Like, oh, there it is. It's going to go Brady's way. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and like just um, has a not a two. not reputable road playoff record. Goes that, to Tampa first year. Sure enough. Mm-hmm. Well, that touchdown pass to mm. Perriman, that was one of the most beautiful Brady throws I've ever seen. I forgot Brashad Perriman still existed. Right there. Mm. If it was any closer to him, the defender was going to tip it away. But it was right, right there. Mm. Brady just does it again. Just yeah. had to break an iPad, yell a little bit. It's one of the saddest I've seen Brady though. Like he's uh, not—he's not happy. No, he's not a happy camper there. Well, I mean, all this, the stuff with Giselle that's going on right now—he looks like he's literally like lost weight and sleep over. Yeah, is he even like eating? I right. So I'm not the only one he who eating those avocados. He, I'm not the only one who like thinks that he looks like gaunt. He—that's hmm. th- the perfect word. He does look gaunt. Yeah, and like the from his top lip up, it's like the only part of his face that moves is his eyelids. Yeah, no, I know. But you know what? It's hard to walk away from the sport when you know that your division's not very good. The conference, uh, the conference isn't good. isn't good at all. You can just talk yourself into like it's easy street until I have to face the Rams. Like, <laughs> like if, if if the NFC was getting harder, maybe he would have retired. But the like, Rams it's aren't getting even easy easier. The, the Rams are easy street now too. I you're going a little farther. It's week two. 
They'll, fi- they'll, they'll figure a lot of it out. Hey, I only go off of what I... <laughs> What I've seen so far. Well, you know, track record matters too. And, and actually, you know what? I feel like I've I've talked a lot of crap about Robinson. <laughs> yeah. But like, Robinson's clearly the goal line fade guy. Yeah. So like, Robinson might have a really good season from that alone. Yeah. No, I get you. I get you. But yeah, I do think now though, Bucks just like the Rams are a big loser in the fact that Trey got hurt for the season because now. Week three on Jimmy G and the Niners to me are back in business, and you could make the argument that it is the best roster in the NFC. So there is now a third, well, not a third. There is now a obvious second big obstacle now for the Bucks and Brady within the NFC. And then the Saints are just going to be a thorn again. The Saints are just a regular season thorn, but like, will they match up against each other in the playoffs? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Alvin Kamara with the injury. and I, Michael I, Thomas is playing kind of well. Michael Thomas is playing well. And he doesn't need to Chris be the number Olave one. starting to get slotted in the offense a little bit better now. So I had them finishing second in, on the fringe of a wild card spot. They might still do it. But does that mean they're playing Tampa at all? Because I don't know if they're winning a playoff game. Sure. So, yeah. But, yes, New Orleans is the bane of his existence, <laughs> and that old line is not good right now with all the injuries and stuff. The interior especially is not good, and that's how they beat Brady, and everyone knows it. So he's got to hope that that old line gets healthier by the end of the season. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my opinion on that. All right. We are ready to wrap things up. Our last segment, as always, the Darwin Award. I feel like this one is obvious. but kind of. We're, we're going to do the drum roll. Not anyway. much happened. No. Drum roll, please. This week's Darwin Award winner is Nathaniel Hackett. <gasps> because you can lose games. You can even have bad performances. That's fine. Just don't give I, them away. I understand. I understand that when the game is moving really fast, bad decisions are made. But the thing is, is you had the 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 ability to stop that game from moving as fast as it was moving, <laughs> slow it down, and have a talk. And the statistics, we all love analytics. Nobody could come up to him after he had taken that time out. You think and be like, hey, Nathaniel, these are the statistical averages of being able to make a 64-yard field goal as opposed to going for it on fourth and five with our quarterback that, you know, like 72 hours before that, we had just paid, you know. Actually, you know, <laughs> I will say this. Millions and millions of dollars. The one NFL stadium outside that I kind of would like to kick that long of a field goal mm-hmm. is Mile High Stadium because of the high altitude. They weren't in there, though. It was at Seattle. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, it was right. It wasn't even it was at in my, Seattle. Yeah, it wasn't even at Mile High Stadium. But, but, who's who's Denver's kicker? McManus? Yeah. Yeah. McManus's career field goal percentage is 5% higher on the road. Is it? That's weird. He's 80% at home and 85% on the road. Okay, but if you also looked at his distance ones, they try longer field goals at home because of the altitude. Yeah, that's true. And I'm not, I'm, yeah. again, I'm not saying. Okay. No, I get you. That but, kick, but, but that is, but that is why the percentage is that way though too, because they'll, they, they will, they'll go crazy town on some kicks when they're at mile high. Well, but remember, it makes sense. Remember when they went to Mexico City? Yeah. They were kicking like 70-yard field goals, like no problem. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. So that's that's part of the reason, too. Like, they'll, they'll try the longer field goals. But you weren't even at mile high. You were in Seattle. Fourth and five. With a quarterback you just paid millions and millions of dollars with. And you had all your timeouts. You had 
time for someone to come up and talk to you. Even if you don't even call timeout, you're going to let 30 seconds run off. There was still time probably for one of your coaches. Do you have an analytic guy on the sidelines? Because a lot of coaches seem to do. No one came up to him and told him like, hey, bruh. They this do, is, but he's just a quiet guy being like, hey, you should call a timeout. Yeah, this, these are the statistics of kicking 64-yard field goals. Hey, speaking of having guys on the sidelines, can someone tell me why Bruce Arians' beefsteak tomato face was on the sideline the other day? To annoy Tom. 100%. <laughs> Get back on the ninth floor, you and your stupid cool guy, Kangle. <laughs> but anyway, so Nathaniel Hackett is our Darwin Award winner this week. Mm. Congratulations. Yes. 64-yard field goals. Looking like you might get a couple more. Uh, yeah, probably, honestly, because they're one of the worst coach teams that I, I've seen so far, in my opinion, at least. Two weeks into the new job, and he's already got a dog one to his name. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, it's not a good start. <laughs> not not the not the start that Denver uh, uh, thought of or Hackett's thought of when they got this job. But, mm-hmm. hey, most of these coordinators, what is it, like 70% of the league, the coaches get like don't work out so that might he, he might be that next one that also and what? like i said what what did he do in green bay because lafleur calls the plays offensive coordinator when lafleur calls the plays and <laughs> before that he spent two years as the oc in jacksonville i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to bang on him too much for that one because he did have blake Bortles as his quarterback mm-hmm. who i don't <laughs> even know if he's on an nfl team anymore no so that is pretty bad but anyway Congratulations, Nathaniel Hackett. That has been it for Slow Your Roll this week, guys. At Slow Your Roll on Twitter and Instagram to follow videos, anything we post, anything like that. And also slowyourroll.com for links to Jesse's articles during the season and links to past episodes. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great rest of your week.